0: you silly scallywags, before we get knee deep into episode 59 of White Heat, number one, yes, I am keeping the light off in my office because it's already hot enough as it is in upstate New York. Number two, uh, speaking of hot, it's going to be red hot underneath the roof of MVP Arena this coming weekend as the Albany Empire are at home once again for the second weekend in a row. They are hosting the San Antonio Gunslingers in National Arena League football action kickoff scheduled for 7 p.m. at MVP Arena in downtown Albany. Albany Empire, by the way, right now they're right at the top of the standings of the NAL. Not saying, just saying, they've 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 figured it out. They've scratched and clawed their way to the top, and now they get to defend that top spot against the Gunslingers once again. 7 p.m. kickoff this Saturday downtown Albany, MVP Arena for tickets. Make sure you visit Albany Empire NAL. Com. That being said, welcome. Welcome. Yes, I know later than usual during the week, but you know what? Uh, when uh, when the doctors say you go, you go. And that's what JJ did. Uh, <laughs> that, that's JJ. I'm Brian. His surgeon didn't have COVID once again, so right, uh, he was able to get in and get done what he had to get done. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, how you feeling, brother? And uh, let's see you back home. ah
1: Hanging in there, still a little groggy from the anesthesia. I'm uh, 33% more bionic now. <laughs> it's weird. It, this thing is so weird and it's going to take a while to get used to. Like, it's and like, apparently, like, my recovery time is going to be quicker than I thought, which is great. But like, literally, like, I was told that like, we're going to put this big metal ass apparatus on your foot and you're going to be in a wheelchair for 7-10 days, and then you'll slowly start being able to stand and walk. And I was like, okay, cool. I can deal with that. Day one out of surgery, physical therapist comes in. All right, we're going to practice standing today. Huh? Yeah.
0: Okay, then. So, well, yeah. I, uh, how'd that go over? I didn't fall.
1: <laughs> The one weird thing is apparently with the surgery, with everything that happened, apparently I lost an inch of height.
0: So that's kind of weird. That is kind of weird. Yeah. Well,
1: now you so know how I'm only two now.
0: Now you know Hulk Hogan feels from all the spinal fusion surgeries. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's the only thing I could think of. I was trying to make light of it. Sorry. That's um, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, it's been eventful because we pushed back the uh, the show a few days. Uh, that's that much more. <laughs> yeah, you, you you laugh now. Wait till we get over it. Um, yeah, that much more stuff we got to get over. But first, we'll deal with the, the driven drab, the not-so-controversial uh, stuff, and that's the stuff going on across the Pacific Ocean. Yes, it's the Pacific Ocean. Don't start that All-Atlantic title bullshit with me.
1: Cold Atlantic.
0: Uh, Yeah, Cold Atlantic. Uh, New Japan, uh, they have the G1 going on right now. They just finished night number three. And going through the uh, as of right now, the A Block, we see Okada, Yano, and Bad Luck Fale getting victories. Uh, Toru victory was over Jonah. (laughs) Sorry, I had to laugh. Uh, Okada's victory came over Jeff Cobb, and Bad Luck Folly defeated Lance Archer in in uh, their opening matches of the A Block in the G1. In B Block, uh, they are going to be running again, uh, looks like, let me think, uh, Saturday night, uh, they're going to, it's going to be their second night. Uh, there's going to be their second matches in the block. Uh, the main event is going to be Jay White. Who's one to know going against Tomohiro Rishi Okada against Toroyano. Uh, so pair, well, it's actually a mix of, of the blocks. My apologies. Uh, this is going to have B block match as a main event. Okada and Toriyano from the A block. Both one to know they'll be there. Um, See now, now this is what this is what's confusing me. They're mixing all the blocks together. It's not like they have one. This is what happens when you when you book too many people for a tournament. And you split up into four blocks instead of two. Okay, now I get it. Um, I'm just this is just confusing as all hell. Um, Takagi's wrestled and lost his first match. Yoshihashi has not done anything yet. Zack Saber Jr. Aaron Hanare. They're both one and zero in the C block. Um, and then it looks like a bunch of tag matches basically before that. So some G1 matches, some six man, eight man, there you go tag matches. It's, it's just a goddamn mess. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, so this is going to be a lot harder to follow basically than it has been before. That's basically what I'm getting at with the, the four blocks. Um, a block, we already seen that. All right. All right, here we go. So B block, Tai Chi beat Ishii and Jay White beat Sonata. That's what happened in B block so far. C block, we saw ZSJ beat Kenta and Hanari beat Hiroshi Tanahashi. Okay. And then D-Block. Let me try to find that table quick. Uh, Will Ospreay defeated El Fantasmo. Juice Robinson was the one who beat Takagi. Interesting. Okay. So uh, it's going to be a a slow-developing tournament because of all the blocks you have, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, Meanwhile, on the U.S. side of New Japan, they've gotten down to the semifinals of the New Japan Strong Tag Team Tournament. And... They're gonna have one semifinal this coming week, which is Christopher Daniels and Uamura. They're gonna take on TMDK, also formerly known as was it was a TK61, I think it was, if I remember correctly. TM61. TM- TM61, thank you. Um, the other half of the semifinals are gonna be uh Stray Dog Army. Don't I don't remember honestly yeah. who that was. Um, but they're gonna be taking on <laughs> Either Dark Order, whoever's representing Dark Order in this tournament, or Aussie Open. It doesn't look like they've even had that quarterfinal match yet, but that's what's going on in New Japan. In other words, a whole lot of boredom. (laughs) Yeah. But just so I keep people up to date a little bit on the G1 Climax and let them know what's up with that. But let's get into the real meat of it. Get your notes out. Get your torches. Get your pitchforks.
1: I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Since my phone doesn't want to cooperate, I've actually got to pull it up on my desktop. (laughs) Uh, It's all right. It's all right. I can do it.
0: No, no, you're fine. I'm just. I'm like a collective groan before I get into this because. Reasons. (laughs) You know, we're gonna to touch on this a little more at the end of this segment because I do want to go over the Death Before Dishonor card, which is coming up this Saturday night. And Lowell, uh-huh. I'm gonna to touch on it right now, real quick, while you're getting your notes up. Okay. So you mean to tell me, your Ring of Honor World Champion can defend the belt on your pre-recorded Friday night show? <laughs> And the way you end up booking his match, with a a quasi-storyline attached to it, by the way, for the pre-recorded Friday night match. Uh And then your way of booking him for the pay-per-view is to have a dude come out and just stand at the top of the ramp and look intimidating at him after his title defense.
1: Because that's how you book at indie shows.
0: Which is funny because, actually, now that you mentioned that, that reminds me. Um, did you hear what Road Dog said this week?
1: I saw the stuff he said about Wardlove.
0: <laughs> All right. Give me a second. I'm going to open the link right now. So, uh, Road Dog was on do, do, a podcast affiliate with Sports Kita this yep. week. Just
1: just a reminder to everyone, Road Dogg does not currently work for any company.
0: Right. So, yes, in this interview, he does address Wardlow specifically the way they booked him when he uh, was facing Orange Cassidy in his first title defense. Uh Uh-huh. But, what struck me was uh, apparently... This podcast host asked what kind of advice he would give AEW. Yep.
1: But advice means he's throwing shade.
0: Right. I'm going (laughs) to read. I'll read the first two sentences of this quote and just leave it at that. Mm -hmm. Quote, I would talk to them about television wrestling and what we're doing here. When you watch it it looks like an indie show that somebody filmed with some nice cameras yep isn't that what we've been saying mm-hmm. for the longest time now that everybody oh. everybody all these all these people just they, they want aw to be something more than it is uh-huh. it's not oh because here's the thing
1: too I, I kind of realized this uh, and I looked at Tony Khan's age and where he says he got most of his inspirations from. Now, mind you, Japanese wrestling usually isn't very storyline driven when it comes to, you know, people that aren't gaijins. So you really can't go off of that. You could see like, you know, the style fine. So Tony Khan watched Ring of Honor and he watched whatever indies were in his area, which is probably Pro Wrestling Guerrilla and shit like that. Um, or like, you know, other indies in the area. So here's the problem with AEW. I mean, there's thousands, but here's what I think consider, like, would be one, an umbrella issue. And this goes to, you know, people saying Tony Khan's Booker of the Year and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so uh, as a booker and promoter, I will tell you that there are certain formulas that every indie booker slash promoter goes by. And that's because your majority of Indies run usually monthly, sometimes less. You don't find many Indies that run on a weekly basis. You don't find, you know, like sometimes you'll find like some, like that may have like a, that, that may have a school and a decent following under their own building that'll run like biweekly. But for the most part, you're looking at Indies that run every month to six weeks which means they have to pack as much as they can into that one show to try to promote the next show. So they don't really focus on interview segments and pre-taped promos and all that stuff, even though we live in an age where you can do that with social media, but most companies use not to. (laughs) So they do stuff like have a guy stand on the ramp and stare down the guy for the next show and all that shit. It's, it's fucking commonplace. The problem is that does not translate to national television. When you have technically two shows a week on TV, you can't do indie booking after that. That's one of the advantages. I'm, I I am so thankful. One of the things I'm, I am so thankful for learning when I got in, was the fact that we had trainers who worked for ECW who helped Paul Heyman put together a weekly product? And thing is, Hey, the thing is, Hay- Heyman like mo- a lot of guys in ECW. I'm not, you know, it's I'm, you know, the, the, the a lot of guys helped out in a lot of various facets. As people know, you know, Dreamer and Bubba doing the do, doing the the merchandise shit like that. So a lot of guys learned about putting together the show. So luckily I was in an environment where there were a handful of people that knew what it took to put on a weekly television show. And it also helps that we had friends who later on worked for WWE and then would you know, after they worked for WWE would fill us in on stuff to show us how you run a weekly television show, because we were running, we like our, our old schools, we were running weekly shows. And it was rough at times, but we ran them. We did it to keep. We did it to keep the doors open. You know, um, Tony Khan obviously has never learned that weekly television show approach. And the thing is, he kind of has a couple people there that have who he's not listening to. Just, just I'm um, like, as far as producing wise, you have Jr. and you have Arn Anderson. I don't know if I'm still there or not in any capacity, but you have those two who were in the thick of things when it comes to running weekly shows for Vince. You could be listening to him, but you're not. And instead, you're running super indie. And that's why people were popping so hard for it its first year. And now it just keeps going down
0: as I like to call it, it's called trying to fit 10 pounds of shit into a 5-pound bag. Exactly. <sighs> well, speaking of 10 pounds of shit into a 5-pound bag, let's dive right into it. Mm-hmm. So are uh, we
1: covering last week's or just this week's?
0: I'm going to touch on some salient points from last week. And okay, then works diving. for me. Works
1: for me. I know, because we're in kind of an odd limbo spot right here.
0: So, the first thing I want to mention from last week is actually right off the rip of the show. Uh This is something that you addressed to me, and then I kind of timed out using my Uh DVR later. Uh So, the opening match of last week's Dynamite Uh was the Wardlow orange Cassidy match. Uh It took almost a full eight minutes. Before an actual, effective, productive offensive maneuver was connected. Uh-huh. Which was an orange punch and then a belly-to-belly from Wardlow uh-huh. that sent Cassidy to the outside, I believe.
1: Uh-huh. And then they went
0: right to picture-in-picture break. Mm-hmm.
1: Eight minutes of fucking Gaga.
0: And that was Where Gaga he- between... Wardlow, Cassidy, and I believe that's also during the match, part of the match when he dragged Danhausen out from out underneath the ring, I believe, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Am I and correct? Chainsaw. It
0: was, was totally the chainsaw. Oh, yeah. Right, right. Chainsaw. Yep, 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 yep.
1: Because, you
0: know, there's, there's a chainsaw underneath every wrestling ring.
1: Absolutely. Like, it was Childish. And you figure, and people are like, oh, well, you know, Orange Cassidy, is a he's a face, and he's a really good worker. If you watch his match for Osprey. Listen, I'm not going to debate Jim's talents, but I am going to debate the setup and execution of this fucking match. Because it made no fucking sense. Where you got the eight minutes. In eight minutes, three weeks prior, Wardlow beat 21 guys.
0: Yep. In half of- that
1: time, he beat Scorpio Sky for
0: the TNT title. It was a whole lot. Of, it was a whole lot of carny shit, basically. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can't um, have a
1: guy be a monster every week and then have him not be a monster one week just because he's facing the fucking company mascot. Oh, um, wait! Well, so he's not the company mascot anymore because we got a new mascot this week.
0: Are you talking about Chompy? <laughs> Poor Nyla Rose. Poor, poor Nyla Rose. Did I miss something? She was the one in the costume.
1: Are you fucking serious?
0: Yeah. There was pictures taken backstage of her in the costume. I
1: didn't... Oh, my God. That's... Oh, my... Yeah, oh my. Fucking, oh my I, was God. Scrolling,
0: I was scrolling through Twitter last night and this morning and there was a few... Wow. That ...posted pictures of them with Nyla Rose in the costume.
1: That's fucking sad.
0: Um... We all know Wardlow won and kept the title, so we'll just kind of fast forward through there. Here's, here's another thing that we've addressed here and there, but it was more specific to whether or not it was necessary in a specific match. But this is just a general note that I need to make, that I need to say out loud. Uh-huh. I know AEW has gotten gimmick happy as far as their match booking. You think? We've, we've discussed that before. But have they also gotten to a point where they rely too much on blood? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because the perfect example I have is the match between Mox and Takeshita from last week. Uh Uh-huh. Where was the point of anyone bleeding during that match? You can have a physical match... And I'm not even sure it's fully an AEW thing than it is a Mox thing at this point because he seems to be the prevailing theme, Uh the prevailing uh, suspect within this theme. You can have a hard, strong style, and I'm using that phrase loosely in quotes Uh here. You can have a, a, a hard, strong style match without bleeding. It can be done, believe it or not. I know, shocker, it's breaking news. Breaking news. <laughs> you can have a physical match without bleeding. All mm-hmm. right? Um, and I'll give you, this may not be the best example in the world, but just go back to when Keith Lee was in NXT and the matches he was having with Dominic Dijakovic. Absolutely. Like, those were...
1: Or even the matches they were having in Evolve before they got signed.
0: Those were big dudes going after each other with everything, and guess what? They didn't have to fucking bleed. Right. Now, granted, they're right. also in a company where there's a big thing about bleeding, but at the same time, they didn't need it because everything they were doing to each other was telling the story in itself. You didn't need bleeding. You didn't need blood to add to the story. Right. It was not necessary. Exactly. Um, but I just—it's just, thing- just ridiculous. On this it's
1: Mox is now reminding me of. Have you ever? You ever watched the the movie Kayfabe?
0: No, I don't think
1: so. I'll send you a link. It's this, it was this independent, like, mockumentary about indie wrestling. It's hilarious. And, of course, and it's like, it's got every stereotypical guy in the locker room, and there's the guy that has to blade for every fucking match. And it's, Mox has become that character. Like, it's, it, dude, 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 like, okay, number one, Let, let's, let's go over, let's go over the, 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 the basics of the match and the setup. So, Takeshita, who has not won a match on TV yet, and I'm not counting YouTube, Mind you, I think Takeshita is very impressive. I think he's got a great look. I think his work is crisp. And, I mean, I, he doesn't talk, so, like, you can't really tell his talk. But I think he's, I think you could make something out of him. But the kid just keeps fucking losing. And then you go, oh! Title Eliminator match. So if he beats Mox, he gets a shot at the interim title. Number one, stop with this shot at the interim title shit. Like it's dumb. Like I like whatever. Just put that put that out to Patrick. How is it that a guy who's like 0 and twelve is gonna get a title shot if he beats the champion? And that's okay when you call it a title eliminator match. But when you do the same thing on Raw. Where you take someone and call it a number one contenders match, and if they beat the champion, they get a title match. Oh, that's stupid and
0: dumb. That's been a prevailing argument for a while now, hasn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. And then, if it's just a re- regular-ass non-title match, like, once again, why are you why are you blading for it? Like, I get it. It's your fetish. Like, some people just like, like, uh, fucking, I, uh... One of the first times I met Matt Tremont, one of the first shows I worked with him, uh, it was an ISW show and going over stuff that he's going to go before the match. And he was like, all right, I I get to bleed tonight. Because he likes to. It's his thing. Fine, whatever. But he wasn't going to blade until he was told so. But then when you give the guy who loves to blade the title and give him creative control, he just keeps fucking gigging. Like I'm sorry, but like I, I guess I, I guess I'm firmly on the on on one side of the fence. I'm a Dean Ambrose fan, not a John Moxley fan. Like I dug early Moxley before he was signed. I was I became a bigger fan when he got signed of Dean Ambrose, and it seems like every good part of that is gone, and he's just indie guy, blading every fucking ten minutes. Goes to the outside for every match. Uh, Oh yeah, stopwatch. Three minutes and 18 seconds into the match before he took it to the outside. Because he takes every match to the outside. Like, there's... I'm sorry. There's no point. There's no point. And let me... And then I said, fuck this game and turn the show off.
0: That sounds about right. I also want to provide an argument here. Okay. Okay. Um because and I haven't heard this yet, but I'm a feeling it's it's probably a way that the goblins would want to defend him. Uh-huh. They're gonna say, Well, well, you know, he he that's how he was before he got signed by WWE, so he's gonna resort back to it. No, there's a difference. No. There's a difference. But Moxley pre NXT, he was a young, hungry, psychotic motherfucker who would do anything uh-huh. to get his name out there. He doesn't have to do any of this shit anymore, number one. Right. Number two, if he's trying to refer back to that version of himself, he's doing a poor job because the way is like, his his promos don't hit that way
1: yeah. anymore.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it, it just doesn't, doesn't come off that way anymore like oh because you went to japan for a few tours you won the u.s heavyweight title twice like is that supposed to change the thought process because it's... he's using a, a more again i usually use it i'm using this term loosely again like a more strong style kind of approach to his fighting like that, doesn't, that, that shouldn't be allowed to be an excuse for you to revert back to your old ways. They can't even pull off the same way as you did before.
1: I think, in all honesty, I think this way about him and a couple other people. I think the money has gone to their head. And it's just like, I'm getting paid an insane amount of money right now, and I've got quote-unquote creative control. You know something? I don't care like and th- that's you saw that a lot and you know oh, here we go oh oh no another person's comparing AEW to WCW but this is the way it was in the end days of WCW with people getting overinflated fucking checks and just not caring anymore cuz they were getting paid regardless
0: I'm just doing shit for the sake of doing shit
1: right like that should be the motto on someone's shirt for you was know, one of the AEW main eventers paid regardless like and it's 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 happened with Mox and sadly it's happening with Kingston too. And I fucking love Eddie, but I don't know what has happened lately, but Eddie just doesn't give a fuck anymore.
0: I mean, let's just let's just think through this. Nash was like that, Hall was oh. like that, uh Scott right? Argue was like that, Hogan was Luger. like that. Luger, I think, just didn't give a fuck by the end, honestly. I didn't think Luger
1: never gave a fuck, and Luger was always in it for the money.
0: Well, that's a very good argument to have another day. Maybe, <laughs> after, maybe after his biography shows up on A and E, because <laughs> um, I think I'm pretty sure he's in this series. It's yeah, right?
1: yeah, this season. yeah.
0: By the way, quick, quick, uh, quick off branch here. Who the fuck decided the Bella Twins deserved a biography?
1: The marketing team. You know something. That doesn't bother me as much as the fact that they have an episode of Rivals.
0: With who? Themselves?
1: No. Bree and Stephanie.
0: Oh, fuck off.
1: See, that's way worse. Oh, fuck off. That's way worse.
0: So they're going to follow up the Bella Twins biography with that? God, put the kids to bed and go to bed yourself, why don't you? <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, um All right, this this will this will connect to both shows actually, last week and this week's dynamite. So uh, uh That's a rightful 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 bark by him. That's very rightful. It's a righteous bark. So uh How about uh how about the big bad angry dinosaur looking dude, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I see you shaking your head as you're you're trying to address your 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 dog in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck you can shake your head all you fucking want. Because here's so here's the situation. So last week he, he beat this shit out of Griff Garrison and eventually Lays out Pillman as well after the match. Puts him on the announced table and chokeslams Garrison onto Pillman through the table. After two attempts, by the way, because for, the, for the first attempt, for some reason, didn't break the table. But then you fast forward to this week. It's Cage and Luchasaurus against the Varsity in tag team action. Luchasaurus does all the heavy work. Christian tags in to get the pin on Garrison. And then, uh, in the midst of apparently celebrating... Here comes Jungle Boy waltzing down the ramp slowly but surely with a steel chair in his hand. <laughs> and Luchasaurus is at the end of the the entranceway mm-hmm. before he get in the official ringside area. And him and Jungle Boy face off, mm-hmm. and everybody's like, "All right, what the fuck's gonna happen here?" Luchasaurus just stepped aside. Jungle Boy went right on through. Uh huh. Chase Cage all the way up through the crowd. Uh huh. Good to see the upper bowl wasn't full at all.
1: Yeah, more than that too.
0: And uh, something tells me you're not completely sold. That was Luchasaurus saying "fuck off" to this heel turn, huh?
1: Nope,
0: you're not. Because all he sold. did
1: was all he did was stand aside. He didn't chase. He didn't chase him down with him. He just stood next to him. And you know why? Because this is this is this is this is Tony Khan's edgy booking. This is It's going to be a swerve, bro.
0: You really think he's smart enough to have Luchasaur step out of the way one week and then end up still being with Christian Cage the next week? Yep. Swerve, bro. That doesn't make any fucking... Uh, no. Exactly! Um, yeah. You expect this to make sense?
1: They're going to do and... one of two things. They're either going to do Swerve, bro, and he's going to go Ultra Heal or we're gonna fi- or they're gonna put Luchasaurus in that great Kali slash Big Show angle where the dude who's got him has some incriminating evidence on him or something, like the thing that they did with Steph and Big Show or the thing they did with Jinder and Kali, where it's like you have to obey me. Oh,
0: that's great. Um another thing that's bugging me. Can't you just introduce JR during a fucking commercial break before you start the second hour of Dynamite? Nope, we have to do it on TV. Do we have to waste 30 to 45 seconds here in the Oklahoma uh, fight song?
1: Yep, because we have to let people know that JR is still part of this show and we have to pop the 9 o'clock rating.
0: People know that they're watching already. They're going to know that JR is on if once you just open the mics at the start of the second hour. And you'll, exactly. still get the pop, you'll still get the pop in the arena if you do it during a fucking commercial break.
1: And you see, the thing is, the people watching already, you and I know this. But this you is where attract
0: they want... new fans by having an 80-year-old guy walking out onto the set, tipping his cowboy hat and sitting down.
1: Once again, I know this and you know this, but this is where Tony Khan wants to have his cake and eat it too. He's catering to the niche audience, but he thinks doing this will cater to casuals.
0: Always carrying to Jr. because Jr. is being a dick, which I don't think he is, but
1: no, Jared, don't give a fuck anymore. J, Jer- is another one; he's getting paid and he just doesn't give a fuck. Paid regardless.
0: I finally have to admit something that I probably should have admitted a while ago, but it was very, very noticeable last week on Dynamite. Okay. Ever since starting MMA training, Jake Hager has completely lost his ring timing, mm-hmm. and it was like, supremely evident in his match against Claudio. Yep, and these like, two guys are knew each other. They knew each other. They traveled with each other. They fucking tag team with each other, right? And yeah, because, yeah, there was just certain points where I'm just like, oh fucking Jake, Jesus, exactly. stop, just stop, badge. Bad. Well, um,
1: besides besides the gar- like, let's throw out the garbage like arena and fucking stampede matches and shit. How many actual matches has Hagar had in AEW? One, two.
0: I was gonna say somewhere like around a half dozen,
1: not counting the Gaga matches.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't think he's. Even and that's that Blunt's being
0: generous, I think. But I'd say around four to six is my
1: like honestly I can't even like I can't think of one I can think of the Anarchy in the arena matches I can think of the stadium stampede matches I can think of the MMA match he had with Wardlow I can't think of a regular ass match that Hager has had let
0: me see here let me try to figure I know uh, there's blood and guts, obviously.
1: I mean, I can't think of a regular
0: match. Oh, here we go. Now, look at these sad people who actually track all these fucking things. This what, cage match? No. Oh. ProfightDB.com <laughs> Fight, Pro keeps a running list of matches for everybody. All right, so we signed with AEW. And debuted in early 2020.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: His first match was at Revolution in 2020. He beat Dustin Rhodes.
1: Okay, so one regular match. All
0: right. And then he... Dynamite the next week beats QT Marshall. Okay, so two. Well, I'm going to skip everything that involves Dark, by the way. Right. Uh, him, Ortiz, and Santana beat Paige and Cody and Matt Jackson in a six-man tag. 3 Hager beats Chico Adams 4 uh, Double or nothing although Stadium Stampede Skip that uh, Him, Ortiz, and Santana Lose to Best Friends And Orange Cassie In a six-man tag 5 uh, He loses to Cody Which was a TNT title shot
1: Okay, so those are all in 2020?
0: Yeah Okay Let me fast forward to 2021 Just for shits and giggles New Year's Smash, he loses to Wardlow. I thought that then, was the MMA match. What's up?
1: I thought that was the MMA match.
0: Um, no. Oh, that okay. Was, they had a regular match. That wasn't that until wasn't June. Oh, okay. <clears throat> um, okay. Then Hager and Guevara lose in a uh, three-way tag against MJF and Jericho and Ortiz and Santana. Okay. 19 Battle Royal will skip that. Uh, he, he beat Brendan Cutler on free TV. He, oh my God. Mm. I, that's ridiculous. Um, Blood and Guts will skip. Stadium Stampede will skip. MMA will skip. So we had four, five, six. No, that's on dark. Sorry. Uh, he had five mm. non gimmick ish matches in 2021 yeesh and then to start but this year
1: this year I don't think he's had any regular ass matches
0: well no he had a tag match with him and Jericho beat, uh, lost to Ortiz and Santana and Dynamite in February oh
1: yeah I remember and that and
0: then they had a six man tag in April that they won which was Jericho Garcia Hager beating Kingston Ortiz and Santana then Anarchy in the Arena. Then he lost to Kingston doubt. on Rampage. And then since then, there was the Casino Battle Royale, Blood and Guts, and then last week against Claudio. Right.
1: So still, so, like you're talking about...
0: Four this year.
1: Less than ten regular matches a year. Like, that's beyond ring rust. Right. That's less than your mid-card indie guy
0: works. Right. Um, We got back-to-back weeks of... Thunderosa and Tony Storm starting out an interview segment and then getting interrupted by Britt Baker and Jamie Hader in the end.
1: I'm telling you, Tony Khan's going to introduce a women's tag belt in the next couple of months.
0: And last week, when Britt and Hader first did it, Britt had to make a sandbag reference and drop the sandbag in Tony's hands and tell Tony to try carrying it around for a month. Mm hmm. Because, but sure, fuck it.
1: Because we gotta fucking throw shade whenever possible about shit that only fucking internet marks talk about. And
0: then we're making a big deal over this random ass chick, Layla Gray, trying to join the yeah. baddies. <laughs> Can I just ask a question? Where the fuck is Red Velvet during all this? Like, She's hurt. Apparently she, she's hurt, but everything about her on social media last few weeks doesn't seem like she's hurt.
1: And then I have no clue.
0: So she's just sitting at home collecting a paycheck. She's pulling. A... <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Paid
1: regardless. Regardless.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. Like, how is this a big storyline? Like,
1: because reasons.
0: Like it's literally on every fucking show. It seems like both Dynamite and Rampage. Reasons, baby. Like, is Stokely Hathaway really that good? Well, I mean, yeah. He, he is, but like. <laughs> some, some, Stupid Stokely should
1: stupid. be getting fucking red velvet jades and his pay.
0: <laughs> oh no shit! What about Kier Hogan's too?
1: Yes, he should be getting all their pay. Like they um, should be getting a percentage of his pay.
0: What else? <laughs> all right, so let me jump on the end of last week's show. Mm-hmm. Swerve and Keith Lee winning the belts. Swerve, bro. Are you just saying that for the fact that Swerve won, or are you saying that because you feel like that's what Tony Khan was thinking?
1: That's what Tony Khan was thinking.
0: Did it really shock you, though? Aside from the fact of who was wearing the belts.
1: I mean, no, like, it's just that he did it. He did it to appease to Keith Lee because Keith's going through some personal shit. Which is well and good. Give him some extra TV time in the meantime because, you know, he's going through some rough stuff. I won't fault Keith Lee for that. But they're just a stopgap because we all know that the end of this story ends with the Young Bucks holding four sets of titles.
0: you You're going to sit there and tell me you think that all the belts from FTR and the AEW belts are going to be around Young Bucks' waist?
1: Yes. I'm
0: going to ignore that and just move on. Um,
1: Dude, I told you this weeks ago. It's going to happen. The Young Bucks even
0: fucking admitted to it. Any Um <laughs> So then another prevailing storyline has been so uh Brody King chokes out Darby to win the Battle Royal to get the title shot he eventually lost to Mox. um Mox mm-hmm. then uh, uh, I don't know Dar- <laughs> Darby said some shit at some point, yep. Then they have Brody King do a fucking pre-planned attack at Dar- on Darby at some fucking signing on a random weekend. Mm-hmm. And then on Rampage last week, we have Malachi and Brody beat the shit out of Silver and Reynolds. Whatever, mm-hmm. we saw that coming. Yeah. But then as they're leaving, Black goes through the tunnel. Brody is turning away from the crowd to go towards the tunnel mm-hmm. and we got fucking Ricky tikki tavi jumping off the fucking ra- uh, entryway. <laughs> Darby Allen. And if you don't know Ricky ricky tikki tavi is, go go look it up. It's from my childhood. Fucking look it up. The mongoose. Yes.
1: But what was funny was Boccia Mania did it with a thwomp. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> there. Uh, he jumps off the fucking tunnel to attack Brody. And instead of Malachi coming back out and jumping right in to break up the fracas, he just fucking stands there almost as if to say, Sting, where the fuck are you? Sting, where the fuck are you? You missed your cue, Sting. Come on, Steve. Get the fuck out of here, Steve. Yep. And then Sting finally comes out, and he has a face-off with Malachi Black while they're still rolling around like two girls fighting over a pet. I don't know. You ain't
1: taking my daughter to see that death metal band.
0: In the midst of all this, Miro has been cutting vignettes the last few weeks since Forbidden Door against Malachi Black. Uh-huh. And then everything fucking crashes into each other on Wednesday night uh-huh. because Brody beats the fuck out of Darby in a victory. And I mean beat the fuck out of Darby properly. Because...
1: Like Darby did to his exes.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, Jesus Christ. Um
1: had nothing to do with this.
0: That fucking god almighty. <laughs> so, <laughs> so then Brody decides he's gonna choke out Darby again, because fuck it, why not? Malachi comes out, spits the mist. By the way, nice shot, Malachi. Because also Didn't got hit him at Brody. all. <laughs> Plus, it got on Brody's face a little bit. So should have Brody technically be blinded as well from being hit with the mist, but that's whatever. Yeah. Um again, wait, Steve. Steve. <laughs> it's Sting! <coughs> fuck off.
1: Paid regardless. So this is all going to set up a fucking Six Man.
0: Whenever the fuck buddy decides to show back up again. Right. Which that's this, the one person that hasn't been around.
1: And this is literally your crippled-ass indie booking. It's... We had... Fucking this guy attacked this week and this guy attacked the following week.
0: Well, we didn't get to the and full it's... circle moment, though.
1: Oh, I know. Go ahead.
0: So Sting comes down. Um... Oh, wait. That's right. The mist wasn't for Darby. It's uh-huh. for when Sting came down. Sting tried to even the odds. Uh-huh. And fucking Brody got Sting into the chokehold they had on Darby. and uh-huh. That's when Malachi shot the, the mist or whatever. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So then that all happens. And then what the fuck happens? Pardon me. Fucking Miro. Yep. Horns go off. Music plays. Mm-hmm. Miro comes out.
1: Because apparently Miro's a babyface now.
0: And does the the indie halfway walk down the ramp? Uh-huh. And just stare. Don't help. Just fucking stare. Because I don't know about you, but if I were heels, I'd stop what I was doing. Just look at the the face coming down the rip and not doing anything. That would that would stop me. I want to keep beating on the, the basically knocked out 150-pound guy and then the the, the now blinded 60-year-old guy. No, I'd, I'd stop beating them up. No, fuck that. Let me watch. Let me watch this guy go halfway down the ramp and stop and not do anything.
1: Right.
0: Like, and and like here's 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 the real pisser of it all. Are we are we supposed to believe that Malachi Black and Sting is a match people want?
1: Oh yeah, because you know darkness, face paint. Yeah, and and, you know, and and we want and we want fucking Malachi Black and Miro because. We, we, we could have never had that in WWE.
0: <laughs> Actually, wait a fucking minute. I'm pretty sure we did. Was that one of Malachi's last fucking matches in WWE? Probably. Or am I just thinking shit? Uh, thinking maybe, of- I don't know. Now I'm wondering, hang on. Hang the fuck on. Let me think about this. I remember because if you remember correctly, he disappeared off TV, came back for like three weeks, and then was fired. February 2019. I want to make sure I've got this right in my head.
1: Alistair Black was he was in like this big mix-up, and he was tagging with Ricochet against Nakamura and Rusev, and then like and then they added. Um, uh, Ali into it on one side and yeah
0: but like he's alright so what am I thinking of here okay so he loses to Seth this is when Seth was doing the whole thing with him and Murphy yeah. and uh
1: yeah I don't think yeah that was 2020 I don't think that was happening but this all happened early right.
0: 2019 So he basically comes back. He comes back, has two matches on Raw Underground, and then.
1: Yeah.
0: Beats KO three straight times on Raw and then disappears. Right. I thought he was on fucking SmackDown when he left, though.
1: They were doing the vignettes, but he never appeared. Well, no, he showed up. They were doing the vignettes, and then he showed up and knocked out Big E, and then they.
0: Mm. Yeah. That's what that was. That's right. That's right, he showed up on, uh, that's right. Now, now everything comes clear. Okay. Okay. Alright. Um. Anything else really of note from Rampage? I right, I guess a couple things. Number one, oh this goes back to the Ring of Honor stuff. Gresham mm-hmm. retains the title. Mm-hmm. Has, he, him and Tully do a post-match interview with Tony in the ring.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the Claudio walkout. Yeah. Okay. The thing is
1: Gresham doesn't need a manager. Gresham can talk. Right. Gresham's only downfall is his hype.
0: Yeah. True. Um. Yeah.
1: And plus, here's something that I that's that, that still kind of that, that still kind of bugs me. So they flipped Gresham heel for no reason whatsoever. Essentially. So now You've got Gresham and Lethal both as heels, both talking about being the foundation, but they're not the foundation anymore. Right. Not to mention the fact that the reason Gresham is right after Gresham became champ, Lethal turned heel on him. Right. But now they're both heels. Yep. And Lethal, who was going for the ROH title, is more concerned with the ROH TV title.
0: Yeah. Shitty indie booking. Yeah.
1: And this is what happens when you don't have a television show for a company and you decide three months after you fucking bought it to run a second show and just throw together fucking matches for it. Because we all know who is going over in every fucking match, because on one side, you've got people that are employed by AEW, and on the other side, you've got guys who were once employed by Ring of Honor, who are getting brought in
0: for this one shot. Right. Um, as far as this week is concerned, we pretty much touched on a bunch of it already, um, Mm -hmm. Swerve and Keithley were doing their <clears throat> their celebration this week, and then oh, I've got it. a lot of
1: I've got a lot of notes about
0: this week though. <laughs> All right, we want to start.
1: Well, so we covered Darby and Sting. So I mean, Darby and Sting. We covered we we covered the Darby is being, Brody, yeah. So then we have to get to the Blackpool Combat Club versus the best friends.
0: Oh yeah, Mox and Yuta.
1: Yeah, so that's that's when I, that's, I had just gotten home from the hospital and I turned on Dynamite and I said, this is my reward for coming home. So, pull up that first picture.
0: Would it be this one, sir?
1: No. Well, that one works too. But the, other, the one after that, the one with Mox in the ring. This one? Nope, nope, nope.
0: What other fucking picture did you send me?
1: The one that it was the duel. It had the thing about talking shit about Smack SummerSlam not filling an arena.
0: Oh. oh yeah, 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 yeah. All right, give me a sec. But go on the diatribe you're going to go on.
1: So, so it, it's hilarious. Like, okay, so let me see. Let me let me pull up my notes on this. So, let's see, Will Yuta, don't fucking get it. Oh look, oh look, Mox to the outside with a weapon. Fake elbows and a table tease. Unit takes two fucking pile drivers in a row and kicks out. Yep. Crowd chants, this is awesome. No, it's not. Fuck off, basement goblins. What is the fucking point of having pockets on commentary?
0: There really wasn't. I don't think he really said anything, honestly. No, he
1: doesn't. That's the thing. He doesn't talk. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> <And they> fucking... <laughs> so we have this whole bullshit match and yeah you got, did you get that picture loaded
0: Uh, almost done yes
1: okay so the whole thing was this picture starts circulating the fucking internet and I had one motherfucker say oh that was from elevation no it wasn't that is John Moxley standing right there with the AEW title. That is Wheeler Yuta behind him, and that is Trent Barreta and Chuck Taylor on the on the other side of the ring. That Man. is
0: obviously two matches into Dynamite. I simply remember this, because ugh, um hard cam was looking at moxley's back when he makes this pose exactly
1: and here's the other thing and that's it number one moxley has officially forgotten how to uh, forgotten everything he learned about walking working television because this the one thing one of the things i learned from credible when he first got signed and was doing the aldo montoya gimmick he got yelled at for not playing to hard cam when he came out on entrance and he's like i'm so used to just playing to where the crowd is right and he's like, I never felt comfortable playing to an empty side of the arena. So, but if you notice, the other argument is, oh, well, every TV, they have to tarp off the hard cam site. No, 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 I have been to plenty of shows to tell you that sometimes, yes, and we've even talked about it on the show, where, yes, sometimes they do and they'll, they'll, they'll block off the five to ten rows in a centralized area where the hard cam goes so it doesn't pick up side noise or if they have to have a crane. But luckily, with the advent of better high-definition camera work, they don't need to rope off as much space. But not only that, there are four – so go back to that first picture that I told you, the one that's got the black dot stuck on it because of whoever's camera. This one? Yes. So that is – on the on the side facing, on the side of the entranceway, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine empty sections. On the other side of the arena. Nine. But they're not completely empty because the picture with Mox holding up the belt, there's a smattering of like 10 people in random ass seats in the section directly behind. Yeah. The fucking hard camera. It's so fucking pathetic that... There is physical proof. And I got into a fucking I got into an argument with a fucking basement goblin last week who well, I found out is a worker who is obviously a shitty worker who was sitting there sucking AEW's cock while I was putting up pictures of the last two times I went to the Excel center with packed seats and the setup. Because like WWE cuts the arena in half too. No, they don't. Here's a picture. They block off where the hard cam is. No, they don't. Here's a picture. They didn't sell out. Yeah, they did. Here's two pictures. Yeah, and they just keep moving the goalposts. And I'm like, you're fucking basement goblin. Fuck you, blah, blah. And then it turned out that this guy's a shitty indie working for Michigan. Hi, if you're a promoter in Michigan and someone named Nate Manchin's contacts you for a booking, don't book him. He's a piece of shit.
0: Well, that's nice. That's real nice.
1: Who wants to sit there and kiss Tony Khan's dick? Because he thinks that that way he'll get booked on dark when it comes to town next time. Even though that's not how that works, and any worker who knows that would know that. <laughs> so you got this empty ass arena. You got all this bullshit. You got you got all the tropes of your Moxley match. Why why is Moxley in this throwaway fucking tag match? Why why is your champion in a throwaway tag, fucking enhancement job or tag match? Oh, why? Because we have to put we have to drive home the fact that Wheeler Yuta has a fake pure title match on Saturday against Daniel Garcia. So the only way we can do this is to have Wheeler you to go over in a match and then show Daniel Garcia watching the monitor on the back. Once again, when WWE does this, though, it's hokey and played out. Just saying. So that was that match. Any, other notes,
0: on the, any other, other notes on that? match? No, nope, not on that match. Nope, nope. I'm good.
1: So then we get the we get the celebration from Swerve and Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. I have come to one. I have come to one conclusion. Keith Lee's AEW entrance music is only about half a degree less annoying than Rob Van Dam's TNA entrance music.
0: I'm trying to remember it. Hold on.
1: You don't remember Rob Van Dam's TNA interest music?
0: Off the top of my head, it's not. Rob no. Van Dam,
1: whole the show. Yell three oh, words. Yeah, yeah, three yeah. more words.
0: That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I forgot that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that fucking
0: bad. so terrible yeah
1: yeah and then so apparently we're going to get uh like so so they're the they're the new champions and because because aew doesn't do instant rematches we obviously can't have the young bucks come right out and be like we want our titles back, so we've got to do a throwaway match with Mark, Tur- Mark Sterling and Tony Neese first.
0: The cake and Sterling's face was kind of funny, I'll say.
1: Yeah, and you know something? Here's what's really funny. What? AEW hates Cornette so much, but loves using his old fucking stories. I was literally, I don't know I, I don't know why, but i it was maybe a month ago or so. I think I was listening to like an old, old Cornet omnibus and he was talking about stuff that he did in uh, when they was working for Watts. And he talked about setting up the TV spot with the cake and a celebration with the midnight and the cake and how at the end Cornet ends up with the cake in his face. So it's really funny how they hate Cornet so much, but have no problem using his old angles.
0: Well, next on the show, <laughs> Butcher and Blade attacking Silver and Reynolds instead of being kosher and doing the backstage interview that they were trying to do. And then mm-hmm. hangman, hangman chases Butcher and Blade off of a steel chair. Because it
1: wouldn't be AEW if we didn't have an, a backstage interview segment that ended up in a beatdown.
0: Yep. <laughs> then we get Gun Club being interviewed by Lexi, and apparently...
1: We're going to get a rap battle.
0: Between Austin Gunn and Max Castor because that's what everybody wants. I Why? I don't know. By the way, have you noticed they've been kind of phasing Lexi in more for the backstage interview segments? Yeah. And phasing out Tony? Yeah. And using him just for the in ring stuff or for commentary?
1: Yeah. Which they shouldn't use Tony for commentary at all. But...
0: <laughs> Interesting. Oh, well, I think the commentary for most of that first hour was just Sockface and Taz. Yeah. This which week. is bad. Well. Then we get Ricky Starks retaining the FTW title over Cole Carter, AKA Stacks. Nice to see that. uh, Two dimes. Or two dimes, whatever. Nice to see he, uh, he made it out of the river, okay?
1: Yeah. And I'm sure MJF is pleased as punch that in the past fucking week, two more NXT rejects got fucking signed to contracts.
0: Who was the other one that I missed?
1: Parker Boudreaux. Ha!
0: Good luck with that. Um, yeah,
1: they put him that they, that they're like, well, you don't know he got signed because he was on dark. They had him go over and then they put him in a stable with fucking um uh, uh fucking Aria Divari and someone else. They put they made him as the heavy of a stable. I'm like, well, guess what? He's obviously fucking signed then. And like, and here's the thing. So fucking what was it? What was it the great quote there? Let's see here. Uh <laughs> Fucking Jr. Oh, no, Cole Carter. He's got a good physique. Yeah, Jr. Ask him how he got it.
0: <laughs> um. I and here's
1: honestly, uh, honestly, I, I, I want to know something though. Like, obviously, they, the WWE won't release it. They just said that he violated a policy. So, most likely, it was a drug policy. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it was steroids or if it was like meth. Because he's not that jacked of a guy. He's
0: just in good shape, that's all.
1: He's in good shape. But this is my reasoning on thinking. And then maybe not meth. Maybe I should say something like ecstasy, like a party drug. Mm -hmm. This is uh, kind of the way I'm thinking is... um, These NXT guys who aren't getting pushed because they're impatient as fuck... (laughs) Are talking to their buddies who are over in AEW... And are being told that Tony Khan's a sucker, and will sign you to a contract as soon as you as soon as you're a free agent. And obviously, NXT guys have a thirty day window, but if you get fired, there's no window.
0: So you're saying people are fucking up on purpose?
1: Yes. I'm gonna go to a party. I'm gonna take a drop of ecstasy, and oh, there's a piss test. Oh, oh well, I got fired. Calls Tony Khan. I mean. This guy was a no-name who literally signed to fucking NXT fucking three months ago. I know. There's no reason he should have a contract. None. And Parker Boudreaux, he got released because he wasn't improving. Mm -hmm. Like, they they were willing to make that kid the next fucking Brock. They put a lot of fucking work into trying to promote his ass and they had to cover they had to they had to give him a different look and had to make him a fucking heavy that never spoke because obviously he wasn't improving in any aspect of the wrestling business. But Tony Khan thinks that this is gonna be his next big thing. No pun intended.
0: So now we gotta wait for Gable Stevenson to be the next Brock.
1: Yeah.
0: Except he's a little shorter.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it's just it's it seems a little too suspect to me.
0: Well, no, you're probably you're, you're you're probably in the ballpark. I'm not going to shoot that down. Yeah, like I'm going
1: to go fail a piss test so I can get go get signed by fucking Tony Khan. Like that's what it feels like. And then, and I'm sorry, Ricky. Like, and this is why I, why people are all like, why ask me why I'm on team fuck Ricky Starks because. The dude goes out there, has a heel match, cuts a heel promo, and then as he's walking back up the ramp, is high fiving fans.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: No, dude! You just, that's shitty indie worker 101 right there. I literally had to work a match once. A fucking, it was a spot show for a company that doesn't run regularly, who I got brought in, and I had, I actually had to be a babyface manager, which I pulled off. But so we told the other dude, you have to be the heel tonight. Fucking Buzz Bloodsaw. Kid doesn't listen to a goddamn fucking thing. Tell him, you have to be the heel. What does he do? He comes out. He goes right over and starts high-fiving fans of the crowd. Stupid.
0: Oh, boy. You didn't even mention the the even stupider thing of all that.
1: I'm probably like, i probably, you're probably going to remind me, and it's in my notes, and I just skipped right over
0: it. Fucking Danhausen's now going to fight him. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Danhausen for the FTW title,
0: which, like, just have Danhausen
1: be a manager. Seriously. I know. Like,
0: we discussed he's, this. He's
1: funny. Like, don't have him work. Don't have him work. Oh. <sighs> What was this? Oh, for fuck's sake! Oh yeah, next week has a name too.
0: Oh, fight for the fallen. Yep. Yeah. The
1: special episode of Dynamite.
0: If every episode is a special episode, then nothing is a special episode. Oh, they're all special episodes. They're all special up. <laughs> um. You know why? Because the opening matches past week had the how the black. Um. <laughs> Then we get a, an interview backstage with Athena, Stat, and Willow Nightingale. God, why can't Willow just get to NXT already? Fuck. That, I'm waiting. Because she, she's not signed
1: to a guaranteed contract.
0: That's my point.
1: And the, the, I fucking, I love Willow Nightingale. And she is like, oh, and 35 there. I know. Like, dude, if anyone fucking deserves it, it's Willow. Like, and it's one of the, when people say like, well, you shit on everything in AEW. No. I fucking love Willow Nightingale, and she deserves so much fucking better. I love Eddie Kingston, and I don't know what the fuck happened to him.
0: No, we'll get to that. Then we get FTR in the ring with Tony, and now suddenly this match at Death Before Dishonor is going to be two out of three falls because reasons again? Because they need to hype it up,
1: and because what was FTR's best match of all time? A two out of three falls match.
0: With American Alpha, yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, I know. It's just, it's fucking ridiculous. And uh, dude, Tony Khan is going to get in trouble with Warner Discovery. He's going to get in trouble because they don't want the Briscoes on TV. So number one, you automatically know that FTR is going over on Saturday. Mm-hmm. But Tony Khan is really pushing the whole, well, I can't have Briscoes on TV, but that doesn't mean I can't mention them every 10 seconds. Like, no, they're gonna be like, yo, we said we don't want him on TV. That means we don't want mention of him either. Like, that's what they did. when they told them to pull shit with MJF, they said pull pull every graphic with him and pull every mention of him. Right. They're gonna get fucking pissed at that. And so he's gonna get nailed for it. And then of course, fucking <laughs> Oh Jesus. Fucking goddamn fucking sock face. What do you it- call him again? The Blascos.
0: Oh, lovely! That was later
1: on in the program. Yeah, I know. When um, he was when 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 he was going over the fucking card, reading fucking eighty-five miles per minute, like he does. Yeah. Oh, and there's some. Let's cover the matchup. But there's something. There's there's another critique I have on Sockface. But I'll wait until we're, we've covered the rest of the matches first.
0: Okay. Um, lethal Sanjay and Sing backstage basically to set up Daniels versus Lethal this week on Rampage. Um, because
1: Lethal has to have a match where he goes over before he faces Joe, so we can remind people that Lethal is a viable contender.
0: Then we get Jade and Kiera beating Willow and Athena in tag action because Will
1: has to do the job. But yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, Tony Khan's going to introduce a women's tag belt. Look, you've got you've got Athena and Statlander, you've got Kiera and Jade, you've got fucking Hater and Britt, you've got fucking uh Conti and Jay, you've got he's he's been build he's been building women's tag teams.
0: Nyla Rose and Marina, Schiff. I couldn't even finish it. <laughs> Thunderstorm. Um, yeah. Speaking of Thunderstorm, uh so, they had a segment, they had a backstage segment again this week to basically set up Britain Hater jumping in and saying they're going to be on rampage this week. And also set up that next week on Fight for the Fallen, uh, Mio Yamashita gets her uh, AEW woman's title shot. Because
1: she won Thunder in an indie Thunder match against Thunder Rosa that then they aired on YouTube to be like, oh, it was an Eliminator match.
0: Right. Then we get to, by the way, uh, I came to a conclusion. On something because I paid attention to the Tron when they played the music. That was not JAS music. That was Jake Hager's entrance music.
1: Jesus, so not better,
0: but still, it's not specific to JAS. It was specifically just Jake Hager's entrance music. Yeah, because I know you originally thought, "Oh, JAS had music all along." No, right? No, 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 no JJ. It was it was Hager's. No, Tch, wonderful. Um, so I'll reiterate once again what uh, we usually say. On the count of three. One, two, three. Fuck Judas. Judas. <laughs> um, yep. So then we get to... Uh, I guess when they said barbed wire everywhere, they meant barbed wire everywhere.
1: Dude, that was so fucking... Sl- like... You can tell that they literally just th- put shit everywhere in that three minutes they used with that Game of Thrones fucking commercial.
0: They... They took pre-wrapped like pre-wrapped slabs of barbed wire and attached them to three of the four sides of the ring ropes. Uh-huh. They had a spider web of barbed wire uh-huh. in the entrance area, uh-huh. a table with barbed wire on top of it on the other side. Uh-huh. Um, there was a steel chair wrapped in barbed wire. Jericho brought out his bat wrapped in barbed wire. Uh-huh. Uh, the fucking microphone that Justin Roberts was fucking holding was wrapped in barbed wire!
1: Timekeeper bell?
0: The ring bell, yes. Um, And oh, by the way, about that microphone. So Eddie doesn't even wait for Justin to finish his intro. He grabs the microphone, hits Jericho in the head. And then when Kingston is going, walking away from Jericho, the opposite side of the ring to test the microphone and say something into it, which I didn't really get to catch what he fucking said, you can clearly see Jericho pull out the blade.
1: Yep. Well, let me back it up a second. Let me back it up just one second. So you obviously can tell that they, they tried to make a gap of time for them to set up the barbed wire for it. Now from experience, I will tell you um, I have been involved in some, in some, on some shows that have had barbed wire associated matches. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Shocking. One such show was, we had it, it was a triple threat. For a title, and it was a, uh, it was a big culmination match, and it was a, it was, uh, it was a no rope barbed wire three way. What we did was we had a second intermission, the second shorter intermission, obviously to let the fans know that we had to set up the, the 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 barbed wire ropes. We had to take the regular rope and set up the barbed wire. Now, mind you, we had a crew of maybe four people that day. And to get the ropes off and to run the barbed wire,
0: so can...
1: total time 10 to 13 minutes with four people. They could have gotten a better setup with that if they had just taken a little bit more time and they had taken any of those, all of that shit they had to do about ROH, if they had just moved it over to that end block and run those promos back to back mm-hmm. while they were setting up the ring, it could have looked a lot better. Cause that literally like the shit on the ropes just looked like they just took like bunched up barbed wire and threw it over the ropes and said, fuck it. We're done. Yeah. That that's, that's what a shitty indie does. You are a nationally televised product. And this is horrible. This, this I like, I know like it's, I know the bar is set kind of low, but in all honesty, when it was all said and done, I firmly believe that this was the worst match that AEW has ever put on. On every level. Worst match ever. And, like, I know people say it a lot, and it's like, and I think AEW is a pretty goddamn awful company, but this was the worst match they've ever done.
0: Well, can I fast forward the clusterfuck at the end? Absolutely. All right. So, because reasons... Ruby Soho was controlling the lift for the cage. I thought that her was hand was supposed to, to be hurt. It it was in the. It was like a full cast. It was like one of those air cast things. <laughs> at least they, at least they had something on it to fucking sell it. All right, like they, it could have been nothing. <laughs> I'm not trying to excuse him. Just saying, at least it was something. So Ruby Soho sitting ringside with this fake ass remote that really does nothing, but yep. does. They're trying to play off like it does something. and she's holding the fucking key to the cage that the referee gave her or Aubrey gave her after mm-hmm. she locked the cage, which we'll come back to in a moment. Okay. So we're getting out the match and then Ty Conti comes out because you know let's let's remember to lock everybody up except for two people, the second right. one's coming up in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so Conti comes out, she attacks Ruby Soho, then NJ comes out and pulls off Ty Conti. And tries to reason with her apparently, but then Anna J herself turns and clocks Ruby.
1: So, two weeks after the Dark Order saying the Dark Order's not going anywhere, Anna J has left the Dark Order.
0: Right. So, at that point now, Conti grabs the key while uh, fucking uh, Anna grabs the big ass fucking control board, I guess. And pushes a button that clearly would not lower a cage. <laughs> like you have, like like if, if you if you look at the remote closely, you have all these fucking little switches, uh-huh. and then you have one button that looks like the fuck up button uh-huh. the, the circle red one in the corner. And what one does she fucking use? The <laughs> I fucked up button. Okay, that's clearly not going to lower the cage, but whatever. So the cage is plus the timing was all between the cage lowering and, and whatever. But that, whatever, that's AEW for you. The mm-hmm. cage is being lowered. The cage gets down. Ty Conti clearly is having a fuck ton of problems trying to unlock this fucking padlock with the key
1: because to, she's a stupid bitch.
0: To the point where Daniel Garcia and Parker both said, "Fuck this shit." They could fit between the bars of the cage. Not and to they mention got that way.
1: Not to mention the cage was supposed to be suspended above the ring. Yeah, where, was sus- why is it
0: over in the crowd?
1: It was over in the crowd, suspended like five feet above the people. Like, literally, like, you could... At any time, one of them could have slipped out and just went, boop, down to the floor without a problem. Yeah. Like, at least... Like, I've, ne- I've always thought shark cage stuff was stupid, but at least when WWE did it, the cage was above the fucking ring.
0: And NWA.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying, um, in recent years...
0: Um. So and then Menard and Hager eventually get out and join in, mm-hmm. but while they try jumping Kingston, then Ortiz and Mox and Huda and Claudio come out
1: because we need more fucking we need more fucking interference and we, we need, need
0: more we need the AEW
1: champion out there for no reason
0: we need more fuckery because why not? So this whole brawl is mm-hmm. going on outside or whatever, and then the second guy that was in the fucking cage, fucking Sammy Guevara. Mm -hmm. who they thought was still out from when he got still injured from landing
1: on the fucking crash pad
0: yeah yeah of course he shows up and ends up helping Jericho get the pinfall victory
1: dude no Um, we need to back up to that fucking sequence of the finish
0: what Eddie swinging wildly and then
1: no no so we start off with Jericho doing a code breaker with the chair which looked like shit and then the
0: Jericho the didn't even hit. Eddie. And
1: then Jericho giving the worst looking chair shots I've ever seen. People say WWE chair shots look fake. These looked even more fake because literally Jericho was like doing he was the,
0: scared of getting the barbed wire. He stuck was on doing Eddie's the back.
1: jump and stomp while he was hitting Eddie. And he wasn't even hitting Eddie with any part of the chair that had barbed wire on it. It
0: literally looked like he was scared to get it stuck on Eddie. That's basically what it was.
1: Yeah. And guess what? There's a way around that. It's a real simple way. It's called when you're preparing the barbed wire for the match, you sit there with aviator snips and you snip the barbs. Yep. It's it's, it's a little trick that we do. It's called kayfabe.
0: Like nobody's gonna pull up binoculars and check to make sure the barbs are still there. There's a single the wire break. Like,
1: exactly. Uh... And then you have Sammy come in and you have Jericho try to wrap the barbed wire around his arm to do the fucking barbed wire Judas effect, but he's too fucking pussy. To wrap the barbed wire on. You could have just snipped the barbs. And so then we go and
0: we're supposed to have... Well, actually, it was on there from before because Eddie was trying to do the uh, what, right. the, the stretch muffler or something on him.
1: Oh, the stretch plum, yeah. Yeah. Because that was supposed to be the whole thing was, this is how I got Jericho to tap on the first time. You got it. And, so, and so, that, so, so you've got Sammy holding Eddie back, and it was supposed to be... Jericho was going to give him the Judas effect while Sammy was holding him, but he kicks Sammy in the dick. So Sammy lets him go and he was supposed to just get out of the way so that Jericho ends up just swinging and Judas affecting Sammy. Very simple, but because everything is over fucking contrived and done, What happens? He almost gets out of the way, but he shoves Sammy into Jericho. So Sammy punches Jericho for no reason. And then Jericho gives him the fucking Judas elbow. And then everyone goes, huh? And then Jericho goes over anyway. Huh? Not to mention, back it up, back it up, back it up about 10 minutes. 10 minutes. 10 minutes. The beginning of the match. Because uh, I I forgot to mention this and this is like my big point because I was sitting there and I literally was sitting here banging my head into the fucking like armrest of the fucking couch while I'm watching this with the wife. And she's like, what's the issue? The whole fucking point of this match, the whole point was Eddie saying, I'm going to make you bleed. Mm -hmm. That was his whole point. Of setting up this big gaga blow off match was because he wanted to make Jericho tap out and bleed at Blood and Guts, and it didn't happen. So he said, I'm going to make you bleed. That right there, Jericho should have waited till near the end of the match for Eddie to finally fucking bust him open. But no, we got to cut him 10 seconds into the fucking match. That takes out the entire allure of, of the fact that you're going to make him bleed. Like, okay, you made him bleed. Now we don't have to have this match. That should have fucking held off. But no, no, we do it right away. And then we get all this gaga with 85 guys out there and the Benny Hill music and random ass fucking furniture everywhere. And then fucking Jericho still goes over, but it's Okay. Because Eddie gets his revenge by tossing Jericho into the sandbox with no sand and one piece of barbed wire. Like, I'm sorry, but they're like, oh, that demonic structure, that barbed wire web. No, 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 no. Go on YouTube and type in Matt Tremont, DJ Hyde, Tangled Web. That's a fucking barbed wire web.
0: Well, all right. In the meantime, if you want seeing this craziness near my hometown... Ta-da! In the same
1: place where the fucking marina football is.
0: Just an FYI. And by the way, if you want to avoid getting them through the Ticketmaster, uh, there's a great site that we've been promoting throughout the summer. It's called SeatGeek. Because I'm fucking great with these fucking <laughs> <laughs> uh, Go to SeatGeek.com for any tickets you're looking for. When it comes to any concerts, sporting events, etc., If your purchase is 50 bucks or more, you can use the promo code GOZ, G-O-Z. Get yourself 20 bucks off the purchase. That's right. SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app like I have. And uh, if you are looking any concert, any sporting event, etc., including minor league baseball too, can't leave yes. them out. Um, any ticket purchase over 50 bucks, enter the promo code GOZ, G-O-Z, Get twenty bucks off your order, and ironically, it's scrolling the bottom of the screen. Also, if you're watching the YouTube version of this show, again, SeatGeek.com or download the SeatGeek app. That's S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K. Get yourself twenty bucks off if you, any ticket purchase order fifty bucks or more. That being said, hold I up. Feel like Getting that out of the way. <laughs> hold oh, up. No, oh, I know there's a hold up. Don't you worry.
1: So now those pictures that I sent you. Yeah. Go back to that third one.
0: The crowd one? Yes. This one? Yes. Yes.
1: So the main argument going from people is oh, well, AEW can't sell out in every city, and that was a fluke, and yada, yada, and all that shit. And Atlanta must not be a wrestling town, which I thought was hilarious. Huh? Atlanta's not a wrestling town. So um, those other pictures were from Fighter Fest of last night. This picture? was Fighter Fest week one. So guess what? Savannah.
0: That's Savannah, too.
1: Exactly. So two weeks in a row.
0: In the great state of Georgia.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then, of course, it's gas prices and inflation. That, that, that's one of the reasons people are giving. Which, okay, I kind of get, but uh, um, Georgia, especially in metro areas, they, they have public transportation.
0: And gas prices shouldn't be that much of a thing if you're a local.
1: Like, exactly
0: like you can spare the expense to drive a half hour each way right. if you need to.
1: And obviously like, and they said like the, there was uh, the, with the thing I sent you of the stats with how many tickets were distributed. So 5,900 tickets distributed, but we're not sure of how many of those tickets were actually bought by people and how many were bought by our friends at SeatGeek and our friends at, uh, well, not our friends, but our friends at SeatGeek and other, and other retailer outlets like Subba. Correct.
0: Right.
1: But yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah,
0: so so if you're on the YouTube show, I'm showing the tweet that uh, Mr. Alexander was referring to from yeah. ticks. Uh So this was as of a little after twelve thirty, yes, uh, Tuesday afternoon. Uh-huh. So this is the day before the show in the Atlanta area. Well, I don't know if Duluth's really the Atlanta area, but whatever. Um, yeah. they still had almost 1,900 tickets available. Mm-hmm. Current setup or capacity or was it going to be called capacity was just a shade under seven grand. Mm-hmm. And tickets distributed, um, which means ones that were officially or unofficially sold, depending on how you ordered, was just a shade under fifty one hundred, correct. Now tickets distributed just means they're not available at the arena box office anymore. Right. That so that doesn't necessarily mean they're in hand of fans, right? It just means they're no longer available at the box office. So Right. They might have sold fifty one hundred tickets in the box office. So the the gate's not gonna be it's not gonna show the difference to Tony when he gets the check from the arena. Right. But it shows a difference when half of those half of those distributed tickets are still sitting for two or three dollars of pop come an hour before showtime.
1: Right. And this goes back to something I talked about a few weeks ago with if this trend continues and these resellers are not going to continue to buy large amounts of tickets for these events. Like I am almost positive, like besides your really big pay-per-views, I'm pretty sure resellers don't go balls to the wall with um, like regular ass tapings for WWE shows because they know they're going to sell. Like, so they don't, so they don't bother trying to do the resale market. They just know they'll go for what they go for. Correct. Um, I mean, obviously they still buy some, but it's not like the, because the, the whole thing is because AEW is a newer company, there's fucking, it's, it's the whole speculator thing but that speculation is going to keep dying down when they keep drawing these low houses. And it's like, and it's like I talked about before. It's like when you, when you, you know, so what if the ticket sellers think they they get a kickback at the end of the year when they file a loss on their taxes. So it doesn't matter that they didn't sell them. They get to write it off, but that doesn't help the arena when there's no people there and they've had to overstaff, and they've had they've spent X amount on concessions that don't get sold that day, and it, if you're in an off season where you don't have a regular sport, shit like that could go to waste. Yeah, like it's it. These are factors that wrestling fans don't fucking think of because they don't have a business oriented mind. I know. So that's the issue. So yeah. So anyways. So so yeah. So there's a Ring of Honor show on Saturday.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, here's the card. I'll run through it quick. Stop me if you want to say something quick. Um, They announced a pre-show match that was booked um, last night. It's going to be Allison K and Willow Nightingale in a singles match. The remainder of the main card, and I'll go in reverse order of how these are listed. Uh Um, We're actually going to see the six-man tag belts up for grabs. Ain't that Uh some shit? The Righteous, so it's Vincent, Bateman, and Dutch against Dalton Castle and the Boys.
1: Which none of them are signed to
0: AEW right now, so so who the fuck knows, basically. Right. ROH uh, Women's World Title Mercedes defending against Serena Deeb.
1: Two women who haven't been on TV, and like Serena, Serena had that run against Rosa, and now Serena's been nowhere to be found. Her and Mercedes have had about equal time on TV. Yeah,
0: I think Serena was on. I think she's on Rampage last week. Yeah, yeah, she Mercedes. beat somebody on. Yeah, she beat on Rampage because Mercedes came down to stop the post match beatdown. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, FTR Briscoe's two out of three falls for the ROH tag titles. We already know who's going to win that. Uh-huh. Uh, Wheeler Yuta defending the pure title against Daniel Garcia. Joe defending the TV title against Jay Lethal. And then Gresham defending the ROH role title against Claudio.
1: A.W.'s gonna do the one thing Vince never had the balls to do. He's gonna put a world title on Claudio. It's not a world title when there's a company, when the company doesn't have a TV show. What okay. was that, that? What was that? What was that? that at that final ECW pay per view ever, like actual ECW, not WWE. ECW that final ECW pay per view when Rhino came out at the end. How the fuck can I be a television champion when we don't have a fucking TV show
0: right uh two quick things because we need to get to WWE well um, I know
1: that I like I said I, I I don't know I don't know if I sent you the screenshot but I saw it uh, uh, an old friend who was a uh, who was an ROH mainstay back in the day John Walters is apparently going to be there in some capacity yep, don't know buddy. what but he's gonna be there
0: yeah. Um, two quick things. Number one, Santana and Ortiz reportedly not on good terms with each other. Yeah, that's um. They're talking about Santino probably not re-signing with AEW because apparently his contract's up pretty soon.
1: And he's hurt. He's going to be out. He's going to be on the shelf for he's the next six to eight entry. months. Yeah, yeah. So not only is he not getting re-signed, but he's not going to have any fucking money coming in because he can't take any indie bookings correct. So, uh, everyone that wants to be a big fucking stand for AEW is like, well, it's so much better when they just let people's contracts turn out instead of WWE. At least when WWE releases people, they still pay them for 90 days afterwards.
0: Yeah. Um, second thing. So the All-Atlantic title is going to be like it's, it's going to be a belt.
1: traveling title. It's going to get defended on random ass indies. Do you know what this means? I'm going to tell you exactly what this means. This means it's going to get defended at random ass indies who pay Tony Khan for the fucking. It's oh my god. It's the oh my god. It's the NWA. Yes, in some aspects, but this is
0: old school NWA. By the way,
1: yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, old-school NWA was you basically had to pay to get a champion to come into your territory, and that way you did it. And it still happens today where if you want the NWA certain certain champion to appear on your show, you have to pay the NWA a certain stipend on top of the guy's payday. Right. Because they believe that, well, this is going to bring eyes to your product. Number one, it doesn't, which is bullshit, but no, this is this is the wrestling is thing all over again. The what? Wrestling is. Okay. So I've got to segue for a little bit here. I apologize. So during, I want to say it was like, I want to say it was like 2013, 2014. There was this weird thing going on in Chikara where they employed this like head of talent, head of like standards and practices guy. And then there was one Chikara show where, like, in the middle of the main event, like, they just stopped everything and started kicking people out the door and started taking down the ring. And, like, the dude was just sitting there on the stage eating an apple, and they basically said, Chikara's done. And what happened was, so... Quackenbush had this idea that was great in theory, but did not work out. Because NEFW almost became part of this. So Quackenbush had this plan where he was going to make certain indies up and down the East Coast, Chikara affiliates. And what was going to happen is Chikara was going to be gone. But there would be all these companies... That would be under the wrestling is banner. There were a few there was wrestling is fun and wrestling is art and wrestling is you remember those names, right?
0: Didn't wasn't this in the midst of when Kraken Bush was doing like a publicity tour of sorts? Yes. Yes, I, I do vaguely remember this. OK, go ahead. So
1: basically what it was supposed to be was there would be the, the, your your company would pay quack to use this name. And you would get access to all these Chikara guys. Like, you wouldn't be able to book Chikara guys otherwise. And NEFW, before the falling out between Eric and Camaro almost became a wrestling is. Until Quack was like, no, you have to pay me. I think think he wanted like $5,000 for the name. But you would be able to have access to all the Chikara guys at a discounted rate, quote-unquote. And the whole thing was, it was supposed to culminate because like you saw on these wrestling is shows, you would see them getting like taken over by like Chikara heels, like Dr. Cube and shit like that. The whole thing was basically going to become this giant culmination at National Pro Wrestling Day two years down the road where all of the wrestling is companies converged to bring Chikara back to life. And in the meantime, everyone would have been running off of the Chikara name and everyone would have baking, been making money. He was basically going to make a t- territory system out of Chikara. Here's the problem. Chikara has a dec- had a decent um, social media following as far as their footage. Right. But outside of PA, Chikara didn't draw anywhere. When they would tour, they wouldn't draw. When they would come to Connecticut, they would run at Nomads and draw 40 people.
0: Yeah, I, I remember because they were in a show in Troy one day that I've helped run.
1: Right. And they didn't drop.
0: Not shit. And that exactly. was in a boys and girls club, which isn't hard to fill.
1: Right. So it's like, yes, they had a social they had a social media presence as far as social media goes, but that doesn't mean that like when you travel, it's gonna be there. It just means people like watching your shit for free online. But Quack thought that that was gonna equal into this whole thing where people would pay to have this name as part of their namesake to get them more publicity. And that's what Tony, and now that's what Tony Khan's doing with the fucking every ocean is the Atlantic title is I'm going to let my all Atlantic champion come to your show and he can defend the belt against your top guy and make your guy look good. But at the end of the day, I'm just bilking you out of fucking money to get this guy to because you're gonna have to pay this guy to be on your show anyway but now you're gonna have to pay me uh so that i can use your footage if i want and what's going to happen Pac is going to go work for every shitty indie that wants to pay for him that's going to go broke doing it because there's no possible way you can pay for a guy and pay this stipend and draw enough people to make back your money. And then the only time you're ever going to see the All Atlantic title on TV is when it changes hands. Because Tony is an indie Mark.
0: My brain hurts. Just thinking about that. I, I got nothing.
1: That's them. exactly what it is.
0: Well, it's a great way to transition out. <laughs> All right. Real quick, WWE TV. Um,
1: we got SummerSlam coming
0: up. Yeah, that's coming up next weekend, so we'll dive in full full scale next week. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to pull up the current card real quick just to guide me. Uh, Apparently the card, by the way, that uh, reportedly officials backstage don't really like the way it's panning out right now, Mm -hmm. which I think is is kind of a bunch of bullshit.
1: The officials don't like it. Sure they don't. They're the ones
0: that wrote it. Yeah. So I'm just going to kind of run through, look through this card just to see if it. Tips off anything that we need to discuss. Roman and Brock, there's really been nothing happening there except for Paul Heyman trying to encourage people to basically. No, no, no. let me rewind. So, SmackDown on Friday night. Early in the night, he tries convincing theory to let him basically set up a pre planned match for his yeah. cash in instead of just doing it as a cash in. Like yeah. normal. Yeah. Then come later the night, Theory's facing Madcap Moss uh-huh. on SmackDown and he tries convincing Madcap Moss into essentially putting Theory out of commission so he can't catch in at SummerSlam. Okay. And Madcap Moss basically says, stick it.
1: I feel like they're trying to do, like, I, I had this weird feeling watching SmackDown that like, they're trying to do a double turn and make the Bloodline baby faces in Theory a heel.
0: Well, the bloodline is getting cheered, anyways. True. Like they're not What's really the, they're not heels in the true. Let me, let me put it this way: they talk and act heelish, yeah, but the crowd reactions are not heelish,
1: right? But it, it's it's so weird. It's that it's that weird dichotomy with Roman. Is people bitched and moaned and booed him when he was being pushed as a babyface. And then the second they make him a heel, everyone starts cheering him. Like yeah!
0: Maybe that's why they're gonna go TV fourteen eventually. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
1: Oh, we'll um, talk about that.
0: Although apparently SummerSlam is being rated TV fourteen on Peacock. I mean,
1: you know, I know why
0: that's happening. But... Because of the Brock Roman match.
1: Yeah, because Brock is unsafe and is gonna end up no him
0: again. Wait, Brock's unsafe! Holy shit! Play the breaking news sounder, ladies and gentlemen. Brock Lesnar is an unsafe worker. Holy fuck! Anyways, um, McAfee and Corbin again. Not really a whole fucking hell of a lot. It'll be
1: an okay match.
0: No, I mean as far as like what's happened. Oh yeah. Since our last show. Oh. Lashley and theory, I, I mean. Not a whole lot of pub on Lashley It's been more just Theory and the Money in the Bank briefcase Getting pushed Uh and pushed and pushed Nothing really crazy there Taking a backseat Usos and Profits They've had a couple of singles matches Uh, Most recently was Friday on Smackdown Dawkins beats Jimmy the way the Usos retain the titles at Money in the Bank with the shoulder being up with the referee not seeing the shoulder. Uh-huh. Good job, uh, Little Nature. Way to go on that one. Uh-huh. And then Adam Pierce comes out to end SmackDown by revealing the special guest referee for their tag title match at Money in the Bank, which is...
1: WJ. Yeah, yeah Jeff. E.
0: Thank you for spelling, referee. Appreciate it. Um, And trust me, I'm going to get to Jared a little more later. I
1: mean, it's it kind of that kind of fell flat, but at the same time, it's like, oh, it's Tennessee.
0: That's not my issue with Jared. I'm going to get to it. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to get to it. I know, but as Um, far
1: as this goes,
0: as far as this goes, I get it. You're getting the Tennessee pop. I fucking
1: get it. The Tennessee pop, and the fact that he's already there.
0: Right. He's. It also doesn't help that fucking McAfee, after the reveal, goes, What? The Jeff shirt, the senior vice president of live events? Right. Like, Oh, <laughs> fuck off, <laughs> Pat. Jesus Christ.
1: Pat McAfee way just to, said, Fuck that curtain.
0: <laughs> I ripped to, it up. Way to kill the allure. Jesus, Mary and Joseph.
1: <laughs> Pat um, McAfee pulled, pulled an early JJ Alexander. I used to do that
0: shit the first couple fucking, years in. You fucking would. <laughs> um, Liv and Ronda for the Smackdown Women's title again not really much of anything for... like, I
1: like I I like what did Ronda Like I thought like Ronda wanted to like Go go home and chill now she doesn't Because I mean you can't you cannot You cannot have Ronda do the job Clean to live twice you can't
0: Well I think unfortunately it's going to happen because Liv is getting better than expected crowd reactions And really good merch sales at live events right now Oh god I, I know but that's that's what's coming out of corporate. They,
1: they're they going to need to do something. They're going to need Liv to go over like dirty, even without her knowing it. you got to do something like have Bailey come in and interfere on her part, like without her knowing or something. Because you, you cannot have Liv go over Ronda Rousey clean.
0: I'm going to ask a question. I'm so sorry that I'm going to ask this. Cause I know I'm, 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 Oh God could could WWE be dumb enough to do the same thing 2 years in a row?
1: What to do the fucking bait and switch and then have someone come out and beat Liv in 10 seconds? Yeah. Uh I don't think they'll do it 2 years in a
0: row. Well, you just mentioned the name that makes perfect sense. That's why right. I, that's why But I, I think so it'd either.
1: just be easier if Bailey like pops up like out of nowhere and just like fucking, you know, does some sh- e- even if it's something as stupid as if, if it's something as stupid as they spill to the outside and then Liv gets back in and then Ronda's going to get back in and something's holding her foot and then yeah. you find out it was Bailey holding her foot.
0: So that uh, Liv wins by count out. Yeah. As far as other SmackDown specific shit, uh, that's really it. And we'll get to the other three matches currently, but for SummerSlam in a second. I just want to run through the stuff from this past Friday SmackDown. So we had the New Day cosplaying as the Viking Raiders. <laughs> I was hoping you'd laugh at that. <laughs> um, but now apparently they're friends with Jinder and Shanky too while we're at it.
1: Until they, until, well, because they're, they're, they're trying to push Shanky babyface and eventually Jinder's just going to split from them.
0: And say fuck off and we're going to have a All six-man right. tag. Great. Mm-hmm. Um to apparently loves chopping Ludwig Kaiser when he it's does the, that shit.
1: It's the tough love thing.
0: I, I know, I know. Um, we've now got two weeks in a row of Lacey Evans cutting promos and saying fuck off to Aaliyah for a match, uh, which I would... because well, no one wants to see Lacey Evans versus Aaliyah. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, we also got a sick week in a row of Beaton switch with Sheamus.
1: Go away, Beaton. Huh? What? You said you said bait and switch, but you said it so fast it sounded like you said bait and switch. And so all I could think it was idiocracy. Go away, bait and.
0: Bait and switch. Is that better for you? Yes. Jerk off. Go away, baiting. <laughs> so Drew beats <laughs> you're a jerk off, Peyton. So- and- Drew beats Butch one week, then just beat Ridge Holland this past week. Maybe we'll finally get Drew versus Sheamus to figure out who's gonna fucking get the clash at the the castle title shot. Which we all what know is gonna be fucking clashing she- at the castle. Which we all know is gonna be fucking Drew anyways, but
1: right. whatever.
0: Uh and that's really that's really it on the SmackDown side. On the Raw side, three other SummerSlam matches involving their talent, Riddle versus Seth Rollins, which has had some stuff. They've mixed Ezekiel into the program as well, building up the SummerSlam. Because uh, two weeks in a row, they, which was really more of a, a feed-off from the 4th of July party from the mm-hmm. fucking catch-up on Seth. Yeah. But two weeks in a row, Zekiel loses to Rollins on Raw. Mm-hmm. Sure, whatever. Um, What else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, uh, the woman's title, Bianca Belair. She's done with Carmella, thank God. Yeah. Now she gets to face Becky Lynch at SummerSlam. Dude.
1: Okay, I love how fucking everyone's bitching like they just keep doing the same shit over. I'm sick of seeing Becky and Bianca over and over. Over and over. This is what their fourth time facing each other in a year?
0: SummerSlam Mania SummerSlam. And, uh, oh they, 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 they did they a they rematch at uh what was it WrestleMania Backlash, I think. Yeah, they
1: yeah. So this will be the fourth time they're fi- they faced each other.
0: It feels and like my- a lot because three of the matches are within a
1: f- four month period. Right, but like still, like, all all, it's the same thing. The whole program's been
0: that, going for a year.
1: Right, it's the same thing I have to say to all these people that bitch about repetitiveness. Do you, do you, do y'all realize that that's all that wrestling was built on, right? Fe, feuds, the territories, yeah. guys faced each other every fucking night of the week. Yeah. Like, dude, do you, do you, like, it's, it's the fucking, it's the impatience of people. And I'm not just saying, like, it's the younger generation. It's because it's people in our generation, too, who would just have forgotten about what it was like to be a fucking wrestling fan in the early 90s. Right. When you only had fucking one TV show a week. And even so, like, it... Ah, fucking. <sighs>
0: uh, what else we got here? It just got uh, Logan Paul and The Miz is the last match scheduled right now for SummerSlam.
1: So I'm kind of sad. I was really hoping that we, like, and as much as I fucking don't want him in it, but I was really hoping we would get a tag match instead out of that and we would get Miz and Ciampa versus Logan and AJ. Just so Ciampa could get a payday?
0: I think Ciampa's still going to be involved in some way.
1: I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I just like I think it would be better. Like, like, like I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Was it would be a better setup to have them hold off the actual Miz versus Logan Paul singles until match, Mania. or at least until Survivor Series, right?
0: Yep. Uh, other Raw stuff. Priest and Finn are kind of trying to get Dominic in Judgment Day, and then not so much. And I, that's I don't know. And it was
1: weird. It was like it was basically like they had to threaten him to join, and then he's like, Final join! And they're like, No, we
0: don't want a pussy. <laughs> Cause he wouldn't hit right with the chair, that's why. Yeah. Which um... I mean, I'm
1: sorry, no people just don't want Dominic on TV at all. <laughs> Shit, we know that. Like, yo, know what would be great through this whole thing is if, if it, it won't happen, unfortunately, but what would be great if they would be like, We have decided we now have, you know, we have decided we, we will add a third member to the Judgment Day, and now we introduce Dominic, but it's not Dominic Mysterio, it's Dominic Dijakovic!
0: That'd be fantastic, actually.
1: Exactly, but God forbid they
0: actually do something that great. Um, what else we got here? Um, so when is Edge coming back? Night after SummerSlam? I guess.
1: Apparently they wanted to... I thought they were going to use Edge for SummerSlam, but apparently they want to hold him off
0: for Clash of the Castle. I think there's... Well... I'm thinking. The only way he comes back for SummerSlam is if he comes out at some point during the Mysterios against Damian Priest and Finn Bauer tag match at MSG on Monday.
1: Yeah.
0: It's the only I way think. that would make sense. Yeah. Um. Oh yeah. So we're building a program with with Dolph Ziggler theory out of I guess. Maybe. I guess. Where Dolph Ziggler doesn't say anything, he just comes down and super kicks theory whenever he fucking wants to.
1: I mean, it's it's good program for theory. It's good to you know. It's a. a I'm oh, sure I agree. It's good for, together. It's but... good for
0: him. I just I.
1: Well, because apparently, because uh, I guess apparently, like they scrapped the plans to have the dirty dogs do anything. Because apparently, Bobby Roode has decided to be a coach down at NXT now instead. Thank God. I mean, it's a good it's job not, for him. For
0: NXT, not, I mean, yeah, right.
1: You know I mean. But yeah, so that left Dolph with something, and Dolph's getting a pretty good paycheck. So obviously, they want to do something with him. Right. Um, I feel like maybe what they're doing with Dolph is like, Something that was going to be a continuation of the dolph Brown breaker feud before Bruce Pritchard decided to fuck everyone
0: in the ass on that? Right. Uh, did you see the very beginning of Raw this past week? I did not. I was under anesthesia. Oh, right. So, you know how they started the show this week? How? Titus so O'Neil basically gave a corporate PSA for WWE. Oh, boy. Yeah. We don't care about politics, we don't care about religion, we don't care about your race or your, 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 wherever you're from, like, I was like, oh my god, this is a safe space for everyone, and we're just here to entertain you and have fun, and I'm just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like,
1: is this- We have to do
0: this while Vince is gonna
1: walk down of the ring, helicopter
0: dickin', Right, like, is this is this Vince trolling everyone again? Like, what the fuck is this? I just, I, 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 couldn't. I just, oh my god, this, that, I don't know. It just killed me on the inside. Um, but one other thing. So, were you on the SDs early enough to see this clusterfuck that happened during the six woman tag match that wasn't really a six woman tag match? Yes. All no right. Recollection, dude. So the, the original Six Woman tag match was Nikki Ash, Dewdrop, and Tamina okay. against Alexa Bliss, Oscar, and the 24 7 champion uh Dana Brooke.
1: Oh, this is where Alexa was 24 7 champion for like 10 seconds?
0: Correct. I remember that. So the match, the actual match itself basically lasted for 90 seconds. But in the midst of the 90 second match, Dana Brooke took out somebody on the outside and reggie appears from the announcer's corner distracting dana brooke as tozawa and um asia smith uh one of the referees who refereed the match before they come out from under the ring together (coughs) tozawa rolls her up so tozawa rolls her up gets a pin Mm -hmm. wins the 24-7 title then Nikki Ash pins Tazawa. Then Alexa Bliss pins Nikki. Dewdrop pins Alexa. Tamina pins Dewdrop. Then Dana Brooke pins Tamina. Full circle. She has a 24-7 title back. And Dana Brooke takes off for the back. In the meantime, we finally are back to the uh, the legal women in the ring, which were Nikki Ash and Asuka. Mm-hmm. And Asuka finishes the job and gets the one two, three. Yay! Just fuck me. Like, I don't know. I'm just, me and this 24-7 title just don't get along. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. Real quick, we're going to try rolling through NXT. I don't know how, but we're going to roll through this. Um, <laughs> roll it, roll it, roll it, roll it. Obviously, meaningful thing number one would be Roxanne Perez gets attacked in the parking lot before the show starts. Nobody knows who it is. So the whole show is essentially based around a bunch of girls getting interviewed as to whether or not they were the ones that attacked Roxanne Perez in the parking lot. I did it for the rock. (laughs) I did it for the people. Um, And then they get to the end of the show, which is the main event, women's title match between Mandy Rose and Roxanne Perez. Corey Jade hits Roxanne from behind with the tag title. Mandy Rose gets the pin to retain the title, which essentially reveals Corey Jade was the one who attacked Roxanne all along. And then Corey Jade does the worst prop botch I've ever seen in my uh-huh. life, where she breaks the skateboard in mid-air, mid-swing, back to hit Roxanne with... The, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. And then Corey Jade comes out dressed in all black because that's a heel thing to do. Yep. This week, trashes Roxanne Perez and then literally trashes... NXT women's tag team title
1: belt. hmm So we officially have no women's tag champions at all on any show. Which is why Tony Khan is going to introduce women's tag championships. Oh
0: well, no, it's just Roxanne Perez has no one to argue with about being the the women's tag team champions. No, I'm the women's tag team champion. So I'm the women's tag team champion. Sorry. I made that joke to you about some someone Yeah, some, you did. Yeah, I don't remember did. who it was. No, you made um, it to me. I'm trying to remember who it was about, though. Who was who was, was it? Maybe was it swerving Keith Lee? Maybe uh, I was talking, maybe I was saying something about how swerve should have. I don't fucking know. I don't know. Yeah,
1: it's just it's, it's 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 old hat. Like it, anytime they have done this, it's never worked. You can't have people become tag champions and then turn on each other in the middle of the rain, no matter if it's. Eight weeks into the rain, or eight minutes into the rain, or a week into the rain. It just doesn't work anytime you do it. You know, it didn't work when it happened with Sean and Diesel. It didn't work when it happened with fucking Ambrose and Rollins. And it didn't work with fucking Skateboard Bitch and Roxy. I know. Like, it's just like that. Uh... And the whole thing was, it was just the, because this was the this was going to be the plan all along. Because Roxy wasn't originally supposed to win the breakout tournament. Asbich right. was supposed to win, but she got fucking
0: hurt. Right. Um, apparently, we're putting together a program with Zion Quinn and Apollo Cruz, from the looks of it,
1: which I think is all right because I think I, I it doesn't it, it, it it's they don't know what to do with Zion Quinn. And the thing is, the dude's got talent. The dude's got a look. He's got size. He's got some personality. He's, an, just, okay interv- me, he's an, an, an okay interview. He's an okay interview. interview. He, cannot, he obviously will do anything you ask. Because if you remember, he, he had to do that stupid-ass karaoke contest against Robbie E that one week when he was still a baby face. Right. Like, there's something in him. I always thought when they were first introducing Solo Sokoa that... Because, you know, Solo was supposed to be the, you know, he was supposed to be the outcast and he wasn't supposed to be be like the rest of the Samoan family. He was a street fighter. And the whole thing is Zion Quinn has some Samoan in his heritage, too. I think that they shouldn't have had Solo look the way he does, because you can obviously tell he's one of the fucking Usos. Right. But they should have had Solo look like Zion and put the two of them together and made them like the bastard sons of Samoa. And had them run with that, where they both have the heritage, they both have the Samoan heritage, but they're not like everyone else. Because if you tell me a guy has Samoan heritage, but he's a street fighter, and then you put in front of me pictures of Solo Sokoa and Zion Quinn. I'm sorry, but with the description you just gave me, I'm going to think it's Zion Quinn. Um, but yeah, but I think like I think they're looking at, to bring Zion up to the main roster, and obviously he's going to get a reboot when he does. But I think he's someone that could benefit from it, and I think this is just they're they're using Apollo Cruz to figure out if he's ready or not.
0: Uh then G- Joe Gacy has a cleansing and purification <clears throat> ceremony. <laughs> Man, it's, it was within the promo package. It wasn't really like like. Go watch the next. He got smart. I I kind of told you this was happening. You didn't you, believe me. No, I believed you. You you thought that who it was under the hood. You didn't think they were actually going to be them, though.
1: No, I figured no. That w- once they said they were unveiling them, and I saw that they gave them the name changes, I knew it was okay. going to be them. That. That's why I sent you the thing saying they did that. They did. They were doing the name changes. So but, uh um, well, but they I revealed
0: mean, the dyad to be
1: Well they're not the dyad the, anymore.
0: Well I know they're, they're, they're The artists formerly known as GYV, Grizzled Young Veterans, uh their names are now Jagger Reed and Rip Fowler. And boy Sons does <laughs> boy does Jesus Christ he looks weird with a bald head or Like clean shaven and Bald head but
1: yeah but I mean hey it's, it's they're obviously willing to Work with what they're given in order to stay employed Which is fine mm-hmm. um, But they're they're a hell of a team Like they can talk and they can Work and if this is what they got to do To get over they'll fucking they'll work with what They got to do to get over but at least uh, I'm glad that they were smart enough I, I think trips was just right in there with a Dictionary going yeah dyad means two, Bruce you're fucking stupid And he's like, you've got more than two people in this stable. we got to call him something else.
0: Thank you, Triple H. Um, In the meantime, to intertwine with that, so Cameron Grimes beats, uh, excuse me, loses to JD McDonough, but during the midst of the match, Gacy's watching from the perch thingamabobber. And then when they go to Grimes later in the night and he's leaving and doesn't want to talk to anybody, Gacy walks over and wants to talk to Grimes. So... Just
1: let Grimes go to the main roster. Don't give him a fucking few of a Just let him go to the main roster.
0: Any um, so we had Roderick Strong blame Damon Kemp for losing the tag title match to the Creeds.
1: I would too. So they,
0: so they face each other one on one on NXT this week. Um. At the end of the match, Tony D and the family show up on the big screen beating up the Creeds backstage. Damon Kemp goes to leave the match to go help the Creeds. Strong says, fuck that mess, pulls Kemp in, uh, hits him with the fucking jumping knee for the one, two, three, and then Strong and... I... I, uh... So basically we set up Diamond Mine versus Tony D and... Two Dimes, and Cruz, Del Toro, and... Nobody
1: cares! Stop
0: putting heels versus heels!
1: Stop all of this shit! Nobody cares about Tony D! Stop that shit! Let Legato go to the main roster, except for Carmen San Diego, because she ain't fucking ready! Tell Damon Kemp to get better gear, he looks like he's wearing a onesie with a loaded diaper! I can't! You can obviously tell they're like Bruce Pritchard was like, I don't care if I'm done here. You're gonna go, you're gonna finish through with these fucking eight weeks of scripts I wrote.
0: Uh, Briggs and Jensen faced pretty deadly. Yes. Briggs and Jensen retained the UK tag titles.
1: It looked good doing it. Proud of Briggs oh. and Jensen. Except for why the fuck is why the fuck is Jensen wearing Daisy Dukes? Daisy
0: Dukes. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Um Apparently we have this whole program going on now between Von Wagner and Solo Sokoa. Because
1: reasons. They're, they did the one thing though. Cause I yeah, because why we haven't been here yet. No, I did it. I mentioned it last week, right? The shit what? that his dad used to do in the promos. Yeah. I Mentioned that last week. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, anesthesia. It's okay, fine. my bad.
0: <laughs> um then we had Mellow and Trick doing a vignette last week. Then they were in the barbershop shop this week.
1: Cause they always in
0: the barbershop. They were talking about Waller and who was the other dude they were talking about? Uh, They're talking about somebody else potentially coming from the north. Oh, Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Um,
1: Remember which, the program that was supposed to be happening like two months ago, and then they it doesn't it? seem to
0: be happening anymore. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what else we got here? Do, do, do. Oh, Jesus, Mary, and fucking Joseph axiom
1: dude okay i have some i have some feelings on some things and i'm going to piss off a lot of indie workers right now when i say shut up quit bitching
0: okay i'll elaborate are you saying eight kid's making a living and he's going to do what he's told to do? Is that what you're trying to basically say?
1: First off, yes.
0: Okay. That's
1: that's point number one.
0: Okay.
1: But number two, because obviously because I, I I sent you the pictures and showed you, you know, for, here's a, okay. So, um, indie guys, you have to go back to the one cardinal rule is the casual fan knows nothing about motherfucking indie wrestling. The casual fan does not know that there's a guy who works in Pennsylvania, Jersey, and New York who has a mask similar to the mask that A-Kid is now wearing.
0: Can you put out the name I think you're thinking of? Razorwing. Okay, thank you. I thought so. Go ahead.
1: Which and here's the pr- here's my fucking proof right here. Here's my fucking proof. In the midst of this, in the midst of this, when he comes out and they do the thing, and mind you, they're not going to be able to do that entrance every time because, like, that was giving people seizures. Um, you think, yeah. The moment he came out, I get a DM from Shell saying, "Is that fishy man?" Back it up a little bit. That's what Shell calls Ophidian. It's a story for another day. But remember, you know, the Osirin portal from Chikara. Yes. So you know how Ophidian had the mask that kind of looked like that with the snake around it. Yes. Okay. But obviously I sent you the pictures of Razorwing. Yes. And the picture of Razorwing's tag team with Silverhawk. Yes. And Silverhawk was Wheeler Yuta. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So... I made a joke during dynamite where I was just like, if you don't to get over, he just put on his hood and say that they're ripping off his old gimmick. But so here's, so every, so everyone, like a lot of people in this area are bitching and whining that axiom ripped off razor wing because it's the same look and the same colors. And he even did this pose. Like, you know how many people do this pose? Whatever the fuck, you know who the first time I saw do that pose, you know who I saw do it? Rebel Wilson and fucking Ghost Rider, all right? And that was in fucking 2010? Something like that. Right. So shut up. Like, okay, yeah, does the mask look similar? Yes, but guess what? When A-Kid got in the ring, he didn't work like Razorwing. He was working like he was Loki. Because that's the first thing someone someone I was talking to was just like, is that Loki under the hood? And I was like, no, it's A-Kid. But everyone thought it was fucking Loki. So yeah. guess what? And plus, I'm sorry, but if we want to talk about you're going to bitch that a Chikara guy's gimmick got ripped off by a WWE guy. Okay, let's talk about Chicara gimmicks that ripped off WWE. So we got Juan Coronado Francisco, who was a ripoff of Alberto Del Rio. We've got the uh whoa whoa, oh fuck the team that fucking Eastman manages is Sydney Bacabello. That's the ripoff of Demolition. They're a ripoff of Demolition.
0: (laughs) Oh, wasn't that the team that
1: was that the one that Sean Burke was part of? Yeah, when Sean Burke was Flex Rumble Crunch. Yeah, and Sebastian Riess was Match uh, Max Smashmaster. Yeah, and then I always forget the third guy's
0: name. But yeah. Oh, I just yeah. remember Burke looking like he was from Demolition. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Exactly, because they
1: were a ripoff of Demolition. I know. Well, they were a rip-off of Demolition, Legion of Doom, Powers of Pain. Like, they were a ripoff. It was of all a of little, things. yeah. Right. But wasn't there a guy that was kind of like
0: a, a Mantar kind of character? In Chikara, probably. I can't remember the fucking name. Then there was one that was just like a Viking, made me think of the Berserker.
1: Oh, yeah. um, The Estonian Thunderfrog.
0: Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, see, I remember a few of the guys over there in Troy that one random day. Right. mentor.
1: you're probably thinking of the proletariat boar of Moldova. Yes! I managed him a couple of times.
0: Jeez. He's a good Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Yeah.
1: <laughs> So you really can't bitch about WWE ripping off a Chikara guy just because a guy has a similar mask. When Chikara made a fucking living off of ripping off WWE gimmicks.
0: Yep. 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 Let's see what else I got here. Um, there are only two things I have other than that. Number one, mm. I've. Mm. Oh, you have something. Okay. One last thought. The
1: whole big thing, Axiom's thing is he does math. Razor Wings' thing is he's a bird. Completely different gimmicks.
0: The modern day mathematical superhero, to be exact.
1: Yes, he does math and he's a
0: superhero. Razor was a bird. Two other things I want to go over real quick from NXT before we touch on the last thing I want to visit for the day. We're going to hold off the PG TV fourteen thing till next week.
1: If they do it, if they do it. If they don't, they don't. Yeah.
0: Right. So we'll hold Andrew off. Zarian's a fucking idiot. That's what we got out of this. We'll dive into that a little deeper next week. <laughs> one, the, the two things I want to bring up from NXT this week that I haven't mentioned yet. Number one,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm going to officially say you were correct about someone. And it's because I don't like the way he was on the mic. It was too. It was too... How should I put this? It didn't draw me in is what I'm basically trying to get at. Would you like to guess who I'm referring to? Mm-hmm. I'll give you a hint. He wrestled earlier in the night before the promo. And it wasn't just him in the promo. Somebody else started the promo segment. breaker And... Oh, uh... Just say his original name if you don't remember the new one.
1: Oh, you mean Montelay Balor?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I will I will cave in and say you are correct about J.D. McDonough. Very good in-ring talent, but I'm not so sure he has enough personality to pull anything off at this
1: point. Oh, well, yeah. I, I He's always going to be a poor man's Finn Balor to me.
0: Yeah. I. This is the first time, I mean, aside from any of the vignettes, this is really the first time I've ever heard him like try to pull off a promo segment. Right. I don't know if it was just the whole context of it with the fucking mannequin behind him that threw me off <laughs> or I don't know what the fuck it was, but just, it didn't hit home for me. I didn't, 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 it didn't pull me in. Didn't intrigue me. It just was yeah. very blase and bland. Yeah. Um, a second thing. So, uh, of all your options, all your options. Because apparently we got to do the the Charlie storyboard to fucking make this make sense. Because it took until fucking Vic Joseph said something after the match had already ended. And they were about to go off the air for me to fucking remember this fucking Charlie May shit. Out of all your options. Including the one that wasn't in the ring. Io Shirai who apparently wants to leave WWE now. Another story for another time. But out of all your options, even including Ass Bitch, you had your new number one contender from a 20-woman battle royal be Zoe fucking Stark.
1: And they tried to fake us out with the Sean Bulldog Royal Rumble ending.
0: No, I'd put that more as Del Rio Roman ending.
1: The original time
0: was Sean and was Sean and Bulldog. Well no, it wasn't even that because oh, actually no, but even before that, it was more Steve Austin, Bret Hart.
1: Sean and Bulldog was before
0: that. Sean got thrown out though, and Bulldog thought he was eliminated. That's why I said this they is, tried the four of us. This is Cora Jade coming in through the crowd because she didn't get thrown on the top rope. She crawled out and ran right. in the back. Um
1: yeah, but then... I want to
0: put that as Sean and Bulldog. Really. That was the
1: just, first time that anything like that was done on WWE TV where they fought well, yeah, one person, one, and as, then they had the other person come in, but they just didn't follow, but they were like, nope, by the way, no, fuck you. Right.
0: That's but what I'm saying as, they tried
1: to, they did not execute.
0: Right, you're correct. But as far as the actual setup and the the lead up to it, it was much more Sean, not Sean, uh, Brett Steve than it was in 97 than it was... But I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um... It, Plus, if it was Sean Bulldog, Corey would have shitcanned Zoe over the top turnbuckle, and then Zoe and Corey would have won. But that's whatever. That's right,
1: true. that's what I'm saying. They they attempted, um, but did not follow through.
0: But like, uh, I just had, I, I just think have, the, the
1: the the whole tease for weeks with the QR codes led to this. That too, like. Like I was sitting here like trying to figure out shit. Like I, I was actually, I was, I was actually engaged into trying to figure out some stuff for a little bit because like, I like when they do cryptic shit like that. And like, cause like the first week I don't remember, but I remember the second week it was like a failed Wordle and I don't do Wordle. So I didn't know like how that shit worked.
0: I didn't, so I was getting any of the shit.
1: I I scan I scanned the second weeks after the first week's thing, and I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. But yeah, and then... Like, and, but then, like, the whole thing was, like, it seemed like it was going to be built to something new in another few weeks. Right. Like, because that, that's the whole problem, is not only did Zoe Stark just come out as the final entrant to Zero Pop, but they... They didn't associate it with everything else that happened. Like they could have showed like the lights go out and a QR code appear above the thing. And then and it, Zoe Stark. So people would have known, oh, that's what this was all about. Because the final QR code that they aired earlier in the night mm-hmm. was just a picture of Zoe Stark's boots. And unless you are like really fucking like focused in on shit, you don't know what you didn't know that those were Zoe's boots. It was just a pair of boots.
0: Yeah. With a Z on them, I think. I don't know. Like, think, like, think of it this way. Think about all the other options they had in that match. You had Ass Bitch in the final <laughs> four. Well, Final Four it turned out. Yeah. As much as you don't like heel versus heel shit, you had to have Skateboard Stratton. Bitch. Oh, yeah. They had yeah. Tiffany Yeah. Who I'd argue right now out of all the heel women not in toxic attraction i'd argue tiffany stratton's probably the strongest one they have right now
1: you can argue that all you want i think she's fucking terrible
0: <laughs> well think about all the other heels they have right now
1: i just mean in general like it like, comes it, down to it, like, it,
0: comes, it comes down to core j lash legend or tiffany stratton
1: they're all horrible
0: you're not helping me here i'm sorry but they're all horrible is there any woman that's a heel at NXT that you do like? I'm going to answer that for you. You're probably going to say no. Keanu Yeah, Nat is back up on the right.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah no.
0: Uh, Alexa Lopez. Yeah, she's terrible. Tiffany Stratton. Terrible. Cora Jade. Terrible. JC Jane. Terrible. Gigi Dolan. Terrible. terrible. Andy Rose,
1: terrible.
0: Lash Legend,
1: all bad, terrible. Damn, oh, their entire heel side of the roster are god awful.
0: I think technically Ivy Nile's supposed to be heel, but they get a face pop all the time now, so I don't know anymore. Yeah, um, to the point where now you got fucking uh, Carter and. Katana chance their heels technically now, I guess. They're
1: the only yeah, they're the only ones that aren't god-awful.
0: And I wouldn't even say they're that great.
1: Right. They've been there for years and they're just they're passable.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, I wanted to end the show today. With terrible. Because we are past where I wanted to go. Oh, this is you're gonna think this is terrible. Um, we're gonna go back to being indie riffic for a few minutes. Yeah, Because I want to rev- I know that this show isn't until next weekend But I, I need to go through this with you hey! <laughs> I need to go through this with you It's the card that is Currently booked For the Ric Flair's Last match event in Nashville Which is happening a week from Sunday July the 31st Nashville Municipal Auditorium It's on Fight TV And I think they're doing on something else, too. I'm not sure. But I know you can get it on Fight TV next Sunday. Have you seen the whole card for this fucking show? Yes. Okay. It's 11 matches long now, including the two new ones they just booked. Let me run through this quick. So, we're going to save the main event for last because I have something special to say about that. First off, they're apparently bringing out the Bunkhouse Battle Royal. Ah. Because, fuck it, why not? Reasons. They've now oh, booked the Von Erics, Marshall and Ross to take on the Briscoes.
1: I mean, I'd be cool seeing that.
0: Then they have a New Japan strong match with Clark Connors against Ren Narita. Meh. Because reasons. Uh, Killer Cross against Davey Boy Smith Jr.
1: I, I, I'd like
0: to see that. Uh, this one, and then we're getting to a bunch of stuff that I think was already booked that you knew about. Uh, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards reuniting as the Wolves against Shelly and Sabin, which is interesting because Shelly and Sabin are fighting each other on TV tonight. Uh huh. Fucking God Almighty. Yeah. Uh, then the four way lucha match Ray Phoenix, Laredo Kid, Taurus, and Bandito. No, thank you. Jonathan Gresham, presumably for the ROH world title, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, Which we know way.
1: Which we know isn't true Because they taped Next week's Dark This week and had <clears> Gresham <throat> come out Without the ROH title on it
0: Alright so it's not going to be for the title But he's going to be in a four way Against Alan Angels from the Dark Order Kanosuke Takeshita and Nick Wayne That 18 year old kid That they signed uh. From um, Defy
1: So it's an AEW match
0: Basically Uh, Then they have the Morton, uh, the father and son combo, Ricky and Kerry Morton with Mm -hmm. Robert Gibson at ringside. Would you like to know who they're facing?
1: Let's see. They're not in the Ric Flair match anymore. So
0: I'll give you a hint. They got booked, overbooked, I would say, by big-time wrestling for a high-profile tag match recently.
1: Brock Anderson and Brian Pillman Jr.
0: Oh, yeah, with Arn Anderson in the corner. Uh, then we have, uh, then we already knew these other two matches before we get to the main event. Uh, Jordan Grease defending the knockouts title against Deanna Parazzo and Rachel Elring in a triple threat. Uh-huh. And then Josh Alexander defending the impact world title Jake against of Fa, too. Now we get to the main event. <laughs> Now after all this time all this bluster of who's going to face Rick who's going to face Rick and we're all assuming it's a singles match.
1: Mm-hmm. Well no because when we fir- when they first announced the match it was supposed to be a six man.
0: And then it, it all kinds of shit changed. All kinds of yeah. shit changed the whole time okay a six man uh-huh. a singles Okay, I was whatever.
1: never expecting it to be a singles match when it came down to it. I knew it was because it's, you can't have Rick It's, Rick, a it's
0: match. Rick and his ego. You never fucking know at this point.
1: Uh-huh. But.
0: So they do the reveal the other day online on Flair's last match.com or some shit. Whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. I don't know. com Star- or, or, or
1: slash Rick Flair last Match.
0: Or Starcast.com slash Rick Flair's. I don't know what the fuck the URL is. But they've been doing this documentary, apparently, leading up to the match. Part one was about Rick getting back in the ring and training with lethal and shit like that. And apparently Rick saying it's not for the money. And fucking fucking uh what's oh, who's no? Oh no, that that's how they started part two. Um Tommy Young said something of the lines of, I have a good guess as to why Rick's doing it. And then somebody behind the camera yelled, not yelled, but said so it could be heard, it's not for money. And Tommy's like, really? That was going to be my guess. I'm like, <laughs> like, like, ugh, just, just awful shit. Um, so basically what happens is in this documentary, so Lethal asks Rick about being on the card. Not even being in Rick's match, just being on the card, mm-hmm. and Rick basically says no. For a, lack of a better phrase, he basically tells Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal "No." <laughs> That's how they set this up. So oh, it gets better. Did you? Even, did you see any of this shit? No. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I what didn't is, know this existed. Oh, this gets better because I'm gonna have to send you the link so you can watch this video. The, oh, the part the part they put on Tuesday is ridiculous. So here's here here's what here okay, so that everything I'm telling you right now from this point forward is in the Tuesday video.
1: We're now now everything so, that happens now, is happening now.
0: Right. So he turns down Lethal. Rick leaves. This is after they did a practice in the ring. Rick leaves the facility and then the camera shows Lethal going into like an office area and throwing a water ball at the wall, like pissed off, or whatever. So then they fast forward to the press conference they had in Nashville for the show, and they showed a couple clips. Uh, Jarrett was there to represent Jarrett, I guess. Um,
1: yeah, he Jeff wasn't was even
0: advertised until they until they advertised the match. Jeff was at the press conference. Um, obviously, David Crockett was there. Ric Flair was there. Um, Rick's. Rick's made some backhanded joke about Jeff while he was sitting there next to the podium at the press conference. Just fucking weird shit. So then they they go from the press conference clips to David Crockett and Rick Flair walking towards whatever vehicle they had rented for the day. Jay Lethal is chilling waiting for them to show up. So Jay approaches Rick and he's Pissed, obviously. Um, at one point he touches Rick and Rich says, "Get your fucking hands off me." Okay. So now Rick walks from the back seat towards the trunk of the SUV, like because he had a he had like a suitcase in his jacket. So he's going to load that in. Lethal jumps him in the parking lot. All while David Crockett's just standing there, just yelling for help, basically. Hold on, it gets better. So Lethal's beating up Flair behind his rental vehicle. Now we cut to Karen and Jeff Jarrett walking out. Jeff sees what's going on, still in his suit jacket or whatever, and he pulls Lethal off of Rick. And Jeff's trying to talk sense into Jay while he's checking on Rick. Rick is basically saying, fuck off, I'll get up on my own. And then he says a couple more unsultry things towards Jeff. And then Jeff says, fuck it, and clocks flare. Now Karen is holding back David Crockett. Jeff says, give me your shoe, because she's wearing a high-heeled shoe. And he spikes Rick in the head with the heel and busts open the 73-year-old man right in the parking lot. <laughs> So this beatdown happens. Jared and Lethal eventually walk away. And all you have left is a bloodied Ric Flair laid out in a parking lot, supposedly unconscious from this beatdown. And oh, David Crockett for- oh, well. David David Crockett stand there with his dick in his hand, not knowing what to do. Story of David Crockett's life. So then finally we get to the end of the video. Ah! And this is the main event. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Karen Jarrett in their corner against Ric Flair and Andrade El Idolo because it's always been about family. At least I think that's, a, I think that's the quote that was towards the end of the video. So basically, it's Jay Lethal against Andrade El Idolo with Ric Flair and Jeff Jarrett as the tagalongs.
1: I mean, to be fair, at least Jeff has worked a couple of matches recently.
0: If you want to call what he did in GCW working, sure, go ahead. Uh... I have to send you send you that link. <laughs> I'll make sure I do it. Well, well trade, then.
1: you send me that, I'll send you a link for
0: kayfabe. Yeah, holy shit. I, I can't believe you didn't see that. No, oh, I didn't know this shit existed, dude.
1: Oh, yeah. I just figured they were throwing out matches for the sake of throwing out matches. It was like, okay, well, this makes sense. Lethal's been helping him train, and they're in Tennessee, so they want to get the pop from
0: Jarrett. Okay, no problem. You're going to watch that video.
1: Oh, God. And as much as
0: you laughed just now, you're going to laugh even more when you see Ric Flair. Not that there's anything nice about seeing a 73-year-old being beat up that's got health issues, but, oh, by the way, I didn't even tell you the, 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 the the first part. So, the first punch that Lethal throws at Flair. Now, I don't know if this is true, where if what Flair said. But it landed essentially on like his left side. So, it was a right hand from Lethal going into his left side, like his gut, essentially. So, Flair goes, oh God, that's my surgery scar. And then he falls... Th- I swear to God, that's basically what Rick said as he's falling under the ground from the shot. Yes, Bruh. I I can't make that shit up. That's legit. I, what I'll saying. show you
1: a surgery scar, motherfucker.
0: I'm I'm just saying, like, oh, I just I can't, I can't. Um, by the way, if you want to find a vehicle that wasn't involved in that video. <laughs> If you want to find a vehicle that wasn't the one Ric Flair was beat up behind in that video, go to Mohawk because Conic- the team there will find you what you're looking for by not just searching their lot, but they'll even search up and down the entire <laughs> eastern seaboard as JJ shows his battle scars from being in the ER a few days ago. Good Lord <laughs> almighty. Um. Uh, the real opportunity right now, though, is for you to either trade in or straight up sell your vehicle as Mohawk Honda is buying cars. And in some cases, you're going to be able to get more money than you paid for it when you sell it back. The supply chain is still facing challenges, which is creating a great selling opportunity for you, the customer. And as always, a team of Mohawk Honda, they look to make the buying and selling experience very easy with any of our friends. Carlos with Currents for Boda, Luisa VIP, Mamma Morales. Or just go straight to the horse's mouth. The general manager, Greg Johnson, because at Mohawk Honda, Freeman's Bridge Road is connected. They want you to buy – they want to buy your car, maybe even set you up with something that fits your budget and your lifestyle potentially because Mohawk Honda, they always go out of their way to please you. Much like that Ric Flair video is going to please JJ in a little bit. That being said, that wraps up the show because I just I, – I can't <laughs> – um, I'm at Brian Katie on Twitter. He's at JJ underscore Alexander. Whew. It's going to be a short week because we're probably going to turn around on Monday or Tuesday next week. Yeah. To go over Debt Before Dishonor. We'll preview SummerSlam. I'm sure we'll um, go
1: be able to go over some shit. Some fuckery is going to happen. You know yeah, it is.
0: There's going to be some fuckery going on, whether it's on Raw. God knows we'll
1: probably have another media scrum from fucking Tony Contana
0: to fucking go over. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. SmackDown, Rampage, something will set us off. Debt Before <laughs> Dishonor. I don't know. But, anyways, that's JJ. I'm Brian. I know it's getting a little darker in here, but it's also getting hotter because I don't think it fucking rained yet. Fuck the Northeast. You sometimes.
1: gotta go contact your buddies at Johnstone Supply and get some AC up in that bitch.
0: I, I, it's just not central AC. We have air conditioners, but we don't have a, it's an apartment. We're not gonna have an essential air system. I'm not gonna pay for a no central air you're system
1: being a homeowner.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, JJ. Say say fuck off, Tony Khan.
1: Fuck off, Tony Khan.